Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Live from NYC, human suplex machine, the one and only king. They stream it and they scream, it's the Taz Show. Everybody hacking, everybody just wants more with the action. Hip-hop Jones got the music blasting, better watch out, it's all he's asking. Over like Rover, he keeps it real, he's no joker. Original, he's no poser, no competition, he's the owner. There I'm moving speakers closer, cause it's time to tune in to the Taz Show. All right, all right, you. Here we go, a little Tuesday, Tuesday action, Taz Show. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a uh, packed, excellent two hours coming at you. Right here, streaming and screaming, body slams and beyond. Thank you for listening uh, live or watching live at TazShow.com. I appreciate that. Maybe you're checking out the audio on demand, or as they call it at times, a podcast. Maybe you're doing that at Play It or Tune In or at uh, Spotify or iTunes, the main event of all main events, the big iTunes. Everybody loves the iTunes. So maybe you're doing it over there. Whatever you're doing, whatever way you're checking out the show, it's called support, my friends. You are supporting the Taz Show. You are supporting the We Over Nation. That is the audience of the Taz Show, and I appreciate it. That's a fact, no doubt about it. Uh, going to be a great show today. I'm uh, going to talk some Raw for sure, uh, right out of the box. I'm uh, going to talk a little NFL Combine stuff and some NFL stuff in general. Uh, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, we got my man, Mike Johnson, will be here with the PW Insider Report. So we got Mike. We're going to try to have Mike on via Skype. If not, it'll be phone. It's not on Mike's end. It's on our end. Because as you know, some of the tech people that work behind the scenes on my show, well... They kind of, um, hmm. They kind of suck. Some of them do, anyway. Will you stop? I mean, I'm just, I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm just, I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Uh, if you want to call the show, very simple process. A lot of folks are already on hold. You can just bury, uh, bury, very, bury, or bury. You can bury, you can bury easily. How about that? Yeah, you can very easily call the show. A very easy, simple process. Attention, hotline fans. That's an 866 475 2948. 866 475 29048 or I have to say that because if I don't say that enough, 29048er, then a lot of you think, oh my God, Taz is mad. Oh my God, he's miserable. Oh, he's going to run his face into a moving semi. Uh, no, 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 I'm not going to do any of those things. I, I have no interest in running my face into a wall or a semi. Uh, sometimes I'm in a good mood, sometimes I'm not. For those newer fans of the show, when I would always give the phone number of the show and at the tail end say 29048er, that would usually mean I was in a good mood. Why that started, I don't even know. And I don't care. And then I stopped doing it. So I'm like, oh my God, he's mad. He's bad. He's in a bad mood. Stop it. I'd like to introduce the producer of the show. Uh, he's known as the probably the greatest of all time uh, in producing. Uh, everybody uh, was very... Well, actually, he's just he's the lumberjack. He's Dennis Jones, and I'll get into his uh, stuff in a second. Timber! Uh, hello, Dennis Jones. Good moment, Tess. How are you? Oh, boy. You were a uh, star on the uh, Twitter yesterday, huh? and you disappeared. How about that? Yeah, after the show. Yeah, you're welcome. Busy man. Oh, yeah. Busy man. Not busy making things right here. Do you want to apologize? <laughs> not uh, to I me. Th- I think we already know how this happens. <laughs> no, we've, not to we've me. See, we've seen this story play out. I'm not sorry. I apologize for nothing. I'm just saying there was a little poofah. Well, it wasn't really completely your fault. 
on the no. on the mix. Oh, no, there's a lot of people listening to the on demand, bro. That was, so no, I don't, I'll it, take I'll take blame for that. You don't have to take blame. I mean, you could blame Seth. That's very no, easy. I would never blame Seth. Why? When, when it's when it's Seth's fault, I will absolutely bury Seth. But this okay. one this one's not on him. Oh, damn it. He, right, well, he's he's sleeping. He doesn't listen right now. Sleeping. Yeah, seven thirty. He'll start tuning. Yeah, That's he's when definitely I bury sleeping. Him. He's sleeping. Yeah, he he stopped burying when he hear it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I didn't really notice if you apologized though. Did you? No, really? of course not. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I apologize for nothing. So the mix was a little funky uh, yesterday of the uh, uh, which is rare. You're usually pretty good. I gotta say, huh. you're usually pretty good. Everybody has an off day. You just happen to have more than the rest <laughs> of us. That's all it is. So we watched uh, us as a uh, community that, that are into pro wrestling and uh, pro wrestling. Uh, for those that like wrestling, we watched Raw last night, all of us, didn't we? I don't have any interest in wrestling, sorry. So the thing is this. There was something that happened on Raw. There's a lot that happened. There's a lot to talk about. They, I think they started to obviously build towards WrestleMania, as we could say, you know. Dennis and I were talking before the show, and Anthony, uh, the video video director that you don't see, but sometimes you hear, and we were talking about how you know now there's no shows in the middle here, there's no pay per views going into WrestleMania, full throttle Jones right into promoting WrestleMania, <clears throat> and that's cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. So now, a lot happened on the show last night, and I think they did some good things building towards uh, towards uh, WrestleMania, and we're starting to see a much clearer picture. Completely, what are we, three, four weeks, three four to four weeks out, whatever the hell it is. So the thing is this here, right? The one thing that jumped out to me the most that I enjoyed watching, and you guys will, pro- will probably not be shocked about this, because for those that are regular fans of this show, know that I, I love the little nuances, the little nuggets that that aren't promoted, that aren't hyped, that aren't a, a, a big bright light flashing on them. And that happened yesterday during the Goldberg uh, Brock Lesnar segment. So, and a couple of the fans, uh, you guys uh, on Twitter, were tweeting me uh, before, and you guys noticed the same thing I noticed. And maybe, maybe a lot of you noticed, and you didn't tweet me, and that's cool too. And I cannot recall the people's names who tweeted. There was a couple that said, "Oh, did you see this happen?" And what this was was with Brock and Goldberg. Once we saw Brock hit that big ass F five, which Brock showed up as a surprise. Okay, which no one expected Brock to be there, which I'll talk about in a second, that he wasn't promoted. But when Brock hit that F5, if you notice what Goldberg did, he not only, once he took the bump, which we finally saw Goldberg uh, take a bump. Yes. We know he can bump without breaking in half, right? So, So we know that. So we saw him take a bump, and he's okay, it seems, which is good. I'm being... Is facetious the right, right word? I guess so. Yes. I love to laugh after it. I'm kind of facetious at times. Well, he, he took one bump. Let's see. He's wow, got. What did I say wrong? What did I <laughs> we got a. He's got a. We need to hope this snowballs. Guy's making a lot of money. He's been on TV like for a lot of weeks for me. He took one bump and it's like a parade. Like what the hell? I mean, really? It's like you know, we're gonna we're gonna carry the guy around Main Street. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. He bumped. He bumped. Been there for weeks. Took one bump, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, he bumped!" Yes, finally, yes. Here comes the thirty-minute match at WrestleMania. I mean, come on. Look, I was not a guy who was a huge bump taker or seller, but I, I, I definitely took my share of bumps all the way up until the end of my career. So I mean, you know, gee whiz, man, 
I, I got to get this guy's agent. I got to tell you. So anyway, so, so, all right. So the thing is, if you notice the little things that Goldberg did, there was a couple little things. And I think I know why it happened. No one told me this. I just think I know who was behind it. Goldberg, while he was up about to take the bump, the F5, while he was on Brock's shoulders, he held on to the belt. That's one thing that people, I don't think a lot of people noticed that he did that. They did notice once he took the bump, as he was selling, I think a handful of people noticed he was crawling to grab the title. And WWE production did a great job having a handheld camera set right there as he's grabbing that. Okay, and I don't think the announcers talked about it, which is a good thing. You do not need to point out the obvious sometimes because it oversells it. It was. I, I, do you remember the announcer saying it? Like, oh, no, they, did, they definitely did not. Which is, I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but it's very good that they did not. That the announce team did not um, reference that because I just felt, I feel it just sits better for for those that get it, get it. For those that don't, this guy cares so much about that universal title. It means so much to him, and he just won it. Hardly even had it twenty four hours in character. I'm speaking that he's. He just got this F5 from this giant angry man, and his number one concern is not even his body. It's, let me get my hands on that prize that's mine for now, that universal title, and hang on to it. And what Brock and Paul did, especially Brock, was even better. Nothing else. One spot, Jones. Boom. Hit your spot. Hit, get your heat. Out. That's all you need to do. I, I watched that segment one time, and I could promise you, I'll bet the farm on it. You guys know I have a big farm. That Heyman basically booked that segment. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. I could promise that Heyman's hands are all over that segment. All over. That's Paul Heyman 101 right there. The whole deal. <coughs> so, maybe the first time I utilized that cough button since I've been doing this show. So... <laughs> I'm not even kidding. So the thing's like, oh, it's in Newark. I'm here in Manhattan. The thing, I got to reach. Like, ah, oh, let me get the button. So convenient here, but I digress. So Paul was behind that segment, in my opinion. I didn't speak to Paul. I am strongly assuming because I know the things that Paul believes in, working under him for a lot of years. I get it. The championship is everything. And we saw Goldberg show that yesterday in his selling. I felt Goldberg got over a little bit more last night than he did the whole while being a badass in the WWE lately by doing what he did, hanging on to that belt while he was up at the NEF5 <clears throat> and as he reached for that belt after he took the bump. Now, when the WWE shows B-roll of this, you know, replay footage, I don't think they would, I do, doubt they'll do it tonight on SmackDown because it's SmackDown. Next week or any other shows they're doing online or whatever, like recapping this, then I think the announcers, or whoever the announcer is, should point out how important that championship is to him. And that he grasped it while he was about to get F5'd into, to, into oblivion, whatever the hell the words would be. To me, that, that is true building of character. That also makes the championship. Now, I was a guy who was out here the other day saying, I right, check it out. I don't, I, I might have said this yesterday. <laughs> if you put that universal title, on Goldberg, and you have Goldberg and Brock fight for it at WrestleMania, I don't think that either of these guys fighting each other makes that belt. I said something like that, correct? Okay, because these guys are such larger-than-life personas and figures 
that it outshines this new championship. Remember, this is not an old title, this universal title. This is a newer championship. When I say newer, guys, something that's one, two, two and a half, three years old is kind of new in wrestling because of all the prestige. I'm talking about a level of WWE with championships. New championships don't just pop up from what I can understand. Now, this year, we've seen a lot of that with the UK championship, the 205. I got it. I understand. The universal gimmick, I know. That's what I'm saying. You got to make these titles. So if you're putting two giant figures and you're making them fight for this title, when the title was built on Kevin Owens, I just thought these two guys outshined the title. But I will stand corrected a little bit now because seeing how Bill Goldberg was booked last night and how he treated that championship while he was selling, to me, really helps that universal title. That really helped it. Big time. You know, and he the way he was holding it like it was his baby. Like, he was so passionate. Good job by Goldberg. And good job on the booking end. I think it was probably a collaboration of, like I said, Paul Heyman and, and, and Vince, and I guess Triple H was involved with that. I don't know who else was behind booking it. No disrespect to any of those cats there. Whoever it was, including Stephanie. Okay, I don't know who it was. I'm just giving my professional perspective and opinion as a viewer. Uh, that I, and working under a lot of people there that I know, I, that seemed like a lot of Paul Heyman, which is a good thing, not a bad thing. If I'm right, and if I'm wrong, whatever, it don't matter. No one's ever going to really know. So um, I don't know. I, I think that really, really makes the championship, and I really enjoyed the way that was done. Uh, I, now, as far as as far as Brock, you know, coming out as a surprise, I, that was a cool surprise, you know. And uh, I, I mean, I, I part of me was watching it. I'm like, man, what am I going to say about this here? Because I got to be honest, my first instinct was, gee whiz, you knew you're gonna, you knew that you were going to have Brock there. Why would you not promote Brock? That's that's a great hook. Why could you not promise we're going to have Brock Lesnar, and we're going to have Bill Goldberg face to face tonight on Raw? Because if they would have said that, that would have been the truth. And as I'm watching it, thinking of this in my brain, I said to myself, you know what? What WWE's doing here is just as good, if not better. Because this is when it's on like old school back in the day during the Attitude Era, where friends would text or call, well, not text back in the day, but now text or call each other, say, hey, hey, you got to put Raw on. Yeah, Goldberg's there, but guess what? Brock's on the show. And they got, Look at this, they're face to face. You got to check this out, that type of thing. So now it's like you have to watch Raw leading up to WrestleMania because you don't know what you're going to miss. So, I mean, that's kind of like a something that I think is important, the way something is promoted and booked. I hope you're writing down, Dennis, what I think you're writing down. The letters N-U-B. Oh, yeah. I word it differently, but that's, your, that's yours. But, yes. Sir, please. Do you think, Dennis, from a fan's perspective, that they should have promoted that Brock was going to be there, or you liked the way they did it? No, because when you promote it, I feel like more people are, are, all right, well, now I know what's going to happen. I'll just watch the highlights after. Where, like you said. Oh, wait, wait, wait. How could you say what you just said? I, I'm telling you from my, if, if I already. Just, let, me just, hold, let me get this straight. Hold on, hold on a second. Wait, wait. wait a second. So you're just saying to me that people, uh, yeah, see, now you're, you're in the blender. That's fine. Uh, no, 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 don't get an attitude, uh, sir, please. Okay, don't get an attitude. This is all love. This, I love you. You know that. I love you. Thank you. The love is in the air. So listen to me. You're saying to me that if people knew that Brock 
and Goldberg were going to be face to face. They would just they wouldn't care. They would watch the highlights. Not that they wouldn't care. I just feel like the the element of surprise is better. For example, the main event last night. If they had advertised that guy, people would tune in. But now the, there's hype. that's like, oh, now he's back. I'm not going to ruin that surprise yet. I'll let you do that. But no, so you could say it. I think we're talking about Raw here, bro. You <laughs> could say it. You're talking about Undertaker. Yes, but for for Brock not to be advertised, and also I like that he's not advertised because the element when Paul Heyman comes out, it's always the well, is Brock right, here right, or is right, he right, not? Right, so right. when Paul comes out, it's like. Right, I and, agree. and Paul does a great job of like, "Hey, I'm just the advocate. Yeah, don't don't hit yeah, me." Yeah. I got a feeling you kind of hacked me right there. By the way, a little, a little few seconds ago, I'm just feeling like I, I feel hacked. What did I? When people get abused, like they know they're being abused. Like I, I know when I'm being hacked, I start to feel <laughs> like I feel a little tickle, kind of near my buttocks, I, and and oh, then I, <laughs> I don't feel that. Yeah, so hopefully, yeah, I, didn't I, I, I feel like <clears throat> I'm being I'm being hacked a little. I'm starting to feel a little bit hacked. I I, I, I do. When you work as much as we are here and you do your thing and you do as many shows as me, son, you know when you're getting hacked. I'm starting to feel like my producer just started to hack me. What did I say? No days off. I'm just telling you right now. You kind of said, well, the element of surprise. You're listening to me. You're a very, very shrewd man you are. Shrewd man. Yeah. I know. I see you coming. I asked you a simple question. <laughs> I gave you an answer. So you did you like. And then you threw me in the blender. No, I did. But <laughs> did you like the fact. I absolutely did. That he was a, that Brock was a surprise. You yes. did. I like surprises. So you, you, it, what if they would have advertised it? You're I mean, saying, it's not going to change me as a as a no, wrestling fan. Your perspective, like you as a fan, what would you? And if I, they would have I advertised you, it, feel, hold on. If you if they would have advertised Brock and uh, and Goldberg face to face, because that would not have been a lie, because those guys went face to face in the middle of the ring, no agreed. refs, no nothing. It was awesome. Okay. If they would have advertised that was going to happen, would that have made you watch the show more? That's all my. I'm curious from a fan's perspective. I mean, it's not changing me one way or the other, but I feel like for casual fans, you know, you know Goldberg's going to be there. So the potential of a showdown right, is, great, is greater than an actual showdown. That is true. That is the potential. Potential, as they call it, is a key word right there. I agree with what you just said there, potential. I, but my initial thought was, ah, man, God, why wouldn't you advertise this? But then as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is cool. This is cool because Brock didn't run to the ring. See, there's little smart things that happen. He took his time, and that gives people time to contact their friends and family. Just like when you do, when you tell them how awesome the Taz show is, and you spread that word. Yes! Same way. But there are a lot of people spreading that word. Oh, yeah. It's everywhere, bro. It's building. Show's building. We know that, though. You know what I'm saying? We know that. It's because we over. Damn right. Hey, uh, Ryan on Strong Island. You're on the Taz show. What's up? Taz, my man. Good moment, sir. Good moment, big guy. What's up? I want to send a big timber mm. to the lumber jobbers. Tim- timber. People hate you. <laughs> Not you, Ryan. Talking about Dennis. <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> uh, I just want to put you over, and I want to give it off the hook, if that's all right. Go for it. Any way you want. Do it. Uh, I, You popped me twice, man. Well, you popped me every time I listen to the show. Just now. I just started the show. I popped you. Ready? <laughs> That's awesome. From yesterday's show, yesterday's oh. show, I was dying with the drunk dude, man. <laughs> that oh, was a setup man. call. That was all planted. Yeah, I, no, no. I, I was saying Wooly Chuck. <laughs> Wooly Chuck, yeah, Wooly. I was Wooly. rolling no. around on the floor with that guy. But uh, yeah, he's over like Rover. He's definitely over. I agree. A few weeks ago, when Dennis was uh, giving you attitude, as if doesn't happen every day, but uh, yeah, I know. I digress. Uh, yeah, me too. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm not sorry. I apologize for nothing. And you were saying, Ryan? <laughs> uh, the, 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 that day when you were like, bro, you lining me up? <laughs> well, he does. He'll give me like an evil eye sometimes. I get a little yeah, confrontation. It was so funny. I, I had to hack that, man. I'm so, I'm so sorry, but I use it on a daily basis That's now. Cool. It's like, are you lining me up? Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. What's your off the hooks, brother? What is it? Uh, I don't think this one's been heard yet. Uh, yeah. I would like to see Roman Reigns turn heel and form a stable with the Authors of Pain. Okay. That's cool. That's that's. I, I kind of like that. Never heard that one. Uh, that's a new one, right, Dennis? I think we haven't heard that initially. Haven't show. heard that. Correct. That's pretty badass. I like it. Okay, I, continue. I would like to see something we have kind of heard of from other other fans of the show and things like that. Uh, the uh, the supposed like stable of Triple H's with maybe Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, and Samoa uh, Joe. Well, we started to see that more yesterday. So my theory yeah. was they weren't going to do that, but I think now my theory sucked as usual, and it looks like that's going to happen. <laughs> Every time you say that uh, you you have a theory that you think might not work out, I always remember when they did the uh, the world the the world heavyweight championship tournament. Oh, and you thought Bray Wyatt was going to win, but then he wasn't even in the thing. Oh, that's funny. I look like an idiot. I'm glad that made you laugh. That's awesome, Ryan. Uh, uh, like I said, you pop me every time I, I listen to the show. Well, I appreciate that, Ryan. Thanks so much for your support, buddy, and thanks for burying me. Uh, all right, so there you go. That's Ryan from Strong Island, a strong fan of the show. He just completely buried me. Remember that time you thought Bray Wyatt would win the whole championship? He wasn't even in the tournament. Remember that part? <laughs> remember that time? You suck. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. And he's a loyal fan. How about yeah. that? Hey, Taz, you popped me with all your wrong predictions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Taz, you popped me because you absolutely suck. Put my mic on. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm here for. That's let me give you all the wrong. Dude, I was on a roll for a long time with predictions, and I've been you, in a slump, you went, bro. You went six for eight Sunday at the uh, fast thing. Yeah, I went six for eight. Yeah, you that's and not Ed. bad. See, that's what I love about you, Dennis. You pick me up, bro. You know, when I'm down, you pick me up. You know what I mean? You raise me up. <laughs> Was that Josh Groban? <laughs> you kind of remind me of Why Josh Groban a little bit <laughs> different. Yeah, you pick me up, bro, and that's the key. You know, you, that's the key with friendship. Is you pick people up, and you're good at that. Yes, sometimes, as a friend, I can't find you. Sometimes I might text you, and you're just... I have people from the office saying, have you found your producer yet? No. Hours. We, we go hours looking for you. Sneaky. We're going to put you on a milk carton. That's what we're going to do. Like, you know, it's like we Chocolate can't, milk, please. We can't, <laughs> we can't find you. But you're a true friend hey. when you're here. See, within these two hours... You're like a brother. Oh, four hours. We we do we do an hour pre and an hour post. We rehearse this whole show. It's all fake. This whole thing is done by a script. <laughs> Bro, this thing is yeah. transition. Transition. To Did you say transition? Two of <laughs> don't don't don't. I was joking. <laughs> by the way, I forgot to mention Sawn on social media. That'll be later on show. Uh, we, we'll, we'll get through it. Um, and now, people that are on uh, on the uh, gimmick chat, I, I sent out a little message right before the show. I'll take a look and talk to some of you jobbers over there. But you can go to TazShow.com, and you can jump on the gimmick chat there and interact with each other. Just can't do it from a mobile device, because we're not set up for that yet, because we're still in 1986 over here. But I digress. So, yeah, you could go to the gimmick chat on your laptop or a desktop or a tablet. I'm done with the tablets. And you could go on there and, and communicate with each other and log in one of your social media accounts and talk while you watch the Taz Show, while you watch this riveting program that I do every day. You can do that over there. So, um, but anyway, back to Raw. I, I, um, I, I did as I watched Brock 
head to the ring, started to say to myself, you know what? It's better they did not advertise this. It's better that it's the element of surprise because it's the old school thing that, <clears throat> hey, you don't always have to advertise something. Sometimes It's just like what's been done in wrestling with house shows, with live events, where they'll have a championship change hands on a live event, and this has happened for many years in the business, not just WWE, so many wrestling companies, where you have a championship turn ha- change hands, and sometimes folks are like, well, why would you do that? You know, it's, there's no TV, there's no, you know, there's, there's no camera there or whatever. Maybe sometimes there is a camera. Well, you do that to, to pop the town and to pop and lift your house show, your live event business. Well, now it's like, oh, snap. I got to uh, I gotta make sure I go to a WWE live event because you never know what's going to happen. Or I got to go to a whatever, a TNA live event because you never know what's going to happen. You know, whatever company. When when you do something, well, I don't think TNA even does live events anymore. But anyway, um, they, they don't, right? No, they don't. No, it's no. all tapings. Yeah, so right. you don't miss anything. Yeah, so you're not missing nothing. You just watch this show, I guess. So so the thing is, it, it, when things can happen on live events as a surprise, but you can't overdo that. And I think same thing with TV, with the power of Raw, with the power and the reach that they have of the audience they reach every Monday on uh, you on uh, what are you USA right through a black yeah USA, um, you know it, it, it's a it's it's you can basically do what they did last night every once in a while and it helps because what did I miss? Oh my God, damn! I knew I should have watched raw i should have watched it. i missed that uh lesnar showed up out of nowhere oh man didn't even advertise him it's cool it's it's very smart a different way to market and promote and book and i i, I think it was it was good my, again my initial instinct when i watched i was like ah oh, damn you you should you should advertise but i was I, I then as i watched it i think it was better what they did hey kelly rob uh you're on the Taz show what's up man good moment Taz. good moment Taz. good moment good moment rob rob smack smack lumberjack uh, uh, okay, I can work with that. Hey, smack, Robbie, smack. Robbie, two times. He's saying everything twice. Twice. Get the papers. Get the papers. Feeling good, yeah. good today. Much right. better than I did last time I saw. Anyhow, I watched. I watched Raw last uh, last night. Taz, and a couple things jumped out to me. Uh, one, the facials, the stare down between uh, Undertaker and Braun Strowman was pretty gnarly, dude. I liked that a whole lot. I did too. Then, but did you like? Hold on now. But I want to talk about that in a little bit. Okay, continue. And what else did you like? I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Continue. Uh, just a couple things that jumped out. Uh, I, what I didn't like, uh, Bailey. They're kind of just wishy-washy Jones with her, and it just every every week she keeps winning, and every week she seems less and less confident. Mm. The fact that she is the champion it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, they had a tap and, out yesterday, which is definitely not good. I mean, it's okay. To, it's okay. She lost. I don't think you should have had a tap. Yeah, exactly, and she she doesn't even know if she feels like she deserves it. So, right, kind of like why should we care as fans? But anyway, well, no, that, uh, no, no, that's a very good point, and I and I agree. I, I totally agree with you on that. And, and you know, she 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 Bailey is the to me a fan. I've put her over a lot. Her character is rare in this day and age that she has that such a likability about her. She literally is like the girl next door type thing, and you want to push for her and hope for her. And uh, she's got to keep hope. She should always be the underdog. You can't have her tap out. But continue with your point. Well, and on that same point, uh, as far as the divas go in general, or I'm sorry, the women go in general, uh, how do you feel when authority figures, it's kind of been the theme for the past five, ten years of WWE, but do you feel like it kind of undermines the talent when someone like Charlotte, who does not need any help getting over or right. getting a championship match per se, it's like she's lost, what, 
ten times in the past two weeks, right. and she gets another championship shot. Do you think guys like Seth Rollins, who you know they could do it on their own, girls like Charlotte, does it kind of kill their credibility when you have these these unstoppable authority figures always just putting them in the main event? I mean, they could get there on their own. You're, you're, t- you're talking about Stephanie with Charlotte, but what do you mean about Seth Rollins? I don't, what authority figures are helping him? He's well, no, a, he, just uh, he was kind of their uh, their stable boy for a while, right? Well, it's he, it's but, but, but Cali Rob, what it is, bro? I get your drift, I do. But what it is, I, I kind of, I don't want to say I love it, but I get it. I mean, I think it's okay. That's heat. That's There's such good talents to two people you just named, Charlotte and Seth Rollins, that you need someone like a Stephanie to keep them, this is when Seth was a heel, to keep them heels, to keep the heat on them. You need the authority figure to help them and and, and uh, 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 politic for them or whatever or put them in spots because they're so good, a Charlotte or a Seth Rollins, they're so good, they're so uh, on point in the ring, on point on the mic, uh, the whole nine yards that we need somehow to keep heat on them. So why not have the authority figure do it for them? That's how I see why authority figures would help characters like a uh, a Charlotte or a, 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 a Seth Rollins. That makes total sense. That's why I come to sit under the learning tree. Catch the <laughs> yes, sir. Boys and girls, <laughs> it's you, time Callie to Rob. gather around the learning tree. Indeed. Indeed. Callie Rob, thanks for calling the show. Yeah, smooth as silk. Right, I'm going to break you a little late. Going to break, other side of break. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that whole stare down we saw. It was quick with The Undertaker and Strowman and what I didn't like about it. On the side of break, I'll tell you that. Also, Mike Johnson at the top of the hour, PW Insider Report, very busy Taz show. Phone lines are buzzing. I'm over like Rover, as you are. Be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, uh, we're back here, Taz Show. So I've uh, been chatting up uh, some stuff about Raw, been talking some NFL stuff in a little while. Also got Mike Johnson coming up for PW Insider Report, top of the hour. I want to point out something, too, that was uh, actually awesome. We found out yesterday that uh, the great, late great Rick Rude will be inducted into WWE Hall of Fame. And that's awesome. Well-deserved. Uh, got to know Rick very little during his time in ECW as he was a color commentator years ago. And um, he just, it, it felt great at that time to to have someone like Rick, Rick Rude to his level of star that he was through his career to, to call uh, or talk about me or call my matches. It felt great during that time. And, and Rick was always a really, really good guy. And Man, just uh, his his in ring ability. He was just one of those Minnesota guys that, you know, that that whole slew of them that was so great. Uh, like like the other the other great one, like the late great Kurt Henning and and all, all these guys out there with, that had success out of that area. There's so many wrestlers from that Minnesota area. But anyway, Rick Rude really uh, this is well deserved, and uh, I think it's well overdue. To be honest with you, I think he should have been put in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. Um, I mean that. Rick Rude is just uh, was just a tremendous, tremendous performer on the mic, 
um, in the ring, his physique, the whole thing, just everything, the, the whole thing. Just big fan. Very happy for his uh, fans and his family and friends and stuff. I mean, um, you know, so uh, I'm sure Rick is looking down and he's, he's, he's happy and, 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 and he's, he's acknowledged for his successes uh, in the industry. So, um, congrats. So, going into break, I was talking about um, what I didn't like about that, that, that epic appearance last night because it was epic. By the Undertaker showing up on Raw, okay? When Braun Strowman called out Roman Reigns, said, let's go, whatever, get out here, I'm going to whoop your ass, whatever he said. And when that music hit for Roman Reigns and then quickly they segued into the Undertaker's music, that was well done and good God, you could hear the pop from Reigns' music and then that crescendo, boom, 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 triple level Jones, big, big, bigger and biggest pop. <laughs> for the Undertaker's music, smoke, flame ball, pyro, the whole nine, before Taker showed up. I can tell you, from experience, being ringside for many matches, that Undertaker for his entrance, or Kane for his entrance, guys that have pyro on the stage that are big flames, like flame balls or fire, yo, I can tell you from experience, you feel it at the announce desk. That's I, no lie. I've heard that people sit in front row when Kane does no, his. You, dude, it's it's hot. You feel it. I'm talking about even in big, big arenas on the stage. That's crazy. You would feel that heat hit the announce desk or that whole. I mean, you really, really felt it. You know, and you sit and, there with a potato and just <laughs> bake it quick. No, it's hot, bro. I mean, it's really like it's like freaky hot. You know, it's like whoa, just like heat, heat hits you. Like you really feel it. It's it's tough to explain, but you do. Anyway, so when I was watching it and I see those awesome flame balls, kind of remind me a little bit of the uh, the orchid, uh, the uh, what do you call it? The landscaping I have around my house, the pom pom grass things, pom poms, but but not on fire. Like you have these grass balls. Sometimes I don't, I'm not familiar. Well, you have to own a home first, sir, yeah. to have that. Uh, My cardboard box does just fine, thank you. Your roommate must hate me, but I digress. So, anyone who's involved uh, with the show, you fam- and me both, their family members hate me. So, um, anyway, no, the, the the fireball thing, the smoke, it was awesome. And then when take finally, you seen through the smoke, that place exploded in Chicago, which is one of the greatest places to perform in the history of the business is the city of Chicago. The greatest fans, man, you're going to find they're awesome. Great wrestling town. So anyway, Taker starts coming down. What a reaction. It was really off the chart. It was phenomenal. And I got to tell you, Braun Strowman, his facial expressions were excellent. This is where things got a little, for me, like, eh, I wasn't crazy about it. I do not like the fact, I do not like the fact that not only were Taker and Strowman face-to-face, but most importantly, that Strowman walked away. He backed down. It wasn't a fight, and it wasn't, they didn't even exchange words. Just the fact that he backed off, you don't have to do that. I know the painted, the picture they're trying to paint. They're painting this picture like, Hey, you and I are going to meet down the road type thing. Or could you imagine if these two big monsters meet down the road, the new giant versus the older giant type thing? You know, or hey, maybe they're teasing a three-way. Who knows? I, I don't think so, but you never know. Uh, point is, I think you could have established, WWE, you could have established that feel with Braun Strowman and The Undertaker without having them face-to-face and the new young monster backing out. I don't feel that. I say you're in the ring. You have Strowman in the ring. Here comes the Undertaker, his slow burn walk. 
And as he's coming down and he gets to the ring and has his moment, he looks to the floor and either in front of the announce desk or slowly walking around the ring is Braun Strowman. Let Strowman get out of the ring while the pyro, the smoke, the music, the giant pop of the audience, cameras on Undertaker. You know, you almost forget about Braun Strowman. And then when Taker's in the ring, he looks down on the floor, somewhere on the floor, and has that eye contact with Strowman. Strowman has that eye contact with him. The announcers did a great job last night, and they would have done a greater job even if these guys were not in the same ring at the same time, where the announcers do what we call layout. They don't talk, inside baseball terms. And what happens is the announcers let you feel the moment. Michael Cole leads that announce team. He's great at that. He's always got that. He always understood that. Uh, him and Jim Ross got that almost better than any play-by-play guys that I've worked with. They both understood that. When and when not to stay out and don't talk and for the team not to talk. And that was the moment there. And it was perfect. But here's the thing. So not to get off the point. The point is, takers in the ring, you get that eye contact still. You know what I'm saying, Dennis? You get that eye contact still with Braun Strowman. You get that feel still. I'm not saying have Strowman disappear. I get the feeling you liked what they did. I did. It had Strowman felt a little Lesnar esque, where he knows he's this giant being, and he just not that he laughed it off, but he just he was like, how I interpreted it was like, not now. You're like you said, your time will come. Yeah, and that's how. Okay, hey, to each his own. I, I just feel like I'm not. I don't want to say the guy. I don't want to say Strowman came off. And pardon my French here. I don't want to say Strowman came off like a. But, you know, I'm just being, I'm talking how, how the boys were talking in the locker room. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's not that he came off like that. You know, the character, not him personally, not yeah. for real life. But I, I think because of the build that Strowman's had and the way you've built Strowman and what you've done with Strowman, he has been an undestructible killing machine for months upon months upon months. He should not ever go backwards to anybody including The Undertaker, including The Undertaker. And that's not a slight on Taker. That's just a slight, in my opinion, Now you have your perspective, and maybe a lot of people agree with you. Look, I'm not saying it wasn't a great moment. I'm not saying that. It was a great moment, for sure. We'll have these two cats face off, no doubt. I'm just saying you could have almost got, almost got the same feel having him out of the ring when Taker gets in to protect that killing young monstrous heel heel now heel someone said well he did the right thing he got his heat by backing away that's not the type of heel heat a Braun Strowman needs he don't need what we call again pardon my French heat he don't need that certain heels do not him he don't need to back away he don't does he come back in the ring in your scenario when you know Undertaker's doing all the pyro and he's just no kinda, way I, I'm gonna let just you finish kinda, your sentence because no Continue. Ahead, circles, continue. circles a ring and just walk. Like how? Yeah, you never how you go le- back. You never how you go leave back. from there. You just dude. Walk that's up. like you take your road test when you go and get your driver's license. Okay. You take your road test. The, the instructor, the, the jobber gets in the car. Okay, okay, uh, Mr. Jones, uh, start driving. Okay. And then you put the car in drive. You signal. You exit out of that spot. The guy's got his pen, pen, crap. And then as you're pulling out, you're like, I don't think I pulled out the right way, sir. I'm gonna go in reverse and start <laughs> over. That's what you do when you have a guy get out of the ring and then get back in the ring. You don't do that. Because they're not in a match, bro. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. You know when they say, you know, in life, there's no such thing as a dumb question? I've never heard that. 
No, that's an expression. That did not... That You proved that there is such thing as dumb questions. Yes. That's probably mean of me. So no, I, no, I no. have to apologize again, I guess. I, no. Listen, I do all the apology here as you do not. I'm not sorry. I apologize for nothing. We know that. So I do I all the I ask the dumb questions. You don't. Mm. That's how we no, work. No, I do. Sometimes I do. So, look. No, okay, decide. Dude, you can't have him get back in the ring. No, I don't agree with that. I... I, I I agree with you that it, you know you're kind of saying that, you know it was a cool moment, right? It felt good. Oh, seeing it was those awesome. two guys. Yeah, the I, fact that they didn't say one word too, it just added, built to it. Dude, I loved all that. I did. I just didn't like the fact that he backed off. I was a killer heel. I I, I made a lot of money as a killer heel, and I I humbly say I think I made the company that I worked for a, a lot of money as a killer heel. At five foot. Eight and nine, or whatever the hell I am, uh, was then. I think I shrunk an inch. But no matter what height I was, uh, you know, <laughs> under 5'10", I, uh, I was a killer heel. That's how I was built, and it worked, and, and we did it right, and I was lucky to have guys around me to help get me over. But the thing is, I really, I don't think I would have ever, I'd have to really be convinced to back out back then. You know, I, I, that, I just don't think you'd do that with Strowman. I think there's other ways to get around it by having them outside the ring and something like that. Again, just my perspective. You obviously think different, and I bet you a lot of fans agree with you and not me, and that's okay too. So that that's fine. That's all fine. Um, but it was. I, I thought it was. Uh, I, I thought it was. It was cool. It was cool. And and again, the story is here. It's not about Strowman and 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 Taker. It's about Reigns and Taker. That's the story. So you know they they, they had to get to the Reigns story. Not and get and they had to get Braun out of there. I just think they wanted that cool moment, which again, I'm splitting hairs here. So it's not like it's the end of the world. I just don't. I didn't. I wasn't crazy about that part of it. Again, that's me just being nitpicky. Seriously, uh, actually, probably being very nitpicky. But that's what I do. Uh, Matthew in North Carolina, you're on the test show. Good moment, Taz. Good moment, my friend. Um, chop chop lumberjack. Chop chop. Mm. Um, I was wanting to get my off the hook real quick. Yes, sir. Um, I want to do a uh, uh, 10-person tag match, wow. NWO. I don't know if we have enough time. The show ends in like an hour and 10 minutes. A 10-point ten, match. <laughs> no, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, Matt. I'm kidding you. It's going to be it's gonna be the NWO versus D-Generation X. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, hey, that was, uh, you know, back in the day, right? The Attitude Era, that was the deal. That was a dream match right there. That's I know. That's what I'm saying. That was cool. Me too. That would have been awesome. Yep. Oh, yeah. But um, I was wanting to talk a little Monday Night Raw. Um, I was wanting to talk about Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. Yes, sir. How um, if you could just like look at Jericho's face, facial expressions, like it just tells like an amazing story of just how he had the puppy dog eyes when Owens come out and said, "You're never been my friend. You're just a tool. I just used you to hold on to the title." You right. Know? Right. You just see them puppy dog eyes, and you just felt so bad for well, Jericho. That's experience, Matt. And, and Chris oh. is a pro. He's experienced. And that comes with years and years of, of working uh, at high levels, mid-levels, low levels. At that, and Chris has done all of that to his credit. You know, he's had a very successful career. God bless him. He's still going. I mean, I don't know how he does it. I, I really, the guy is unbelievable. But, but uh, uh, you know, I'm just saying, like, that comes with years and years of, of experience. And, and, and I tip my cap to Chris. Yeah, I just it makes me sad though because like when I see it because I just wanted that to be the main event match that is, that should have closed WrestleMania. But what for the know, U.S. title or just those two guys? No, 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 for the Universal title. Oh, I, yo, dude, I I do not think that. Yeah, me too. I do not think I actually would have liked Finn Balor to be involved 
And that's what I've been saying here forever. And Finn, universal title. And even if you have a three-way with Chris or whatever the hell it would be, at Mania, I still think Kevin Owens should be the universal champion right now. I really believe that. I agree. I think Finn Balor should have come back the night after WrestleMania to do his program with Owens after Owens beat Jericho. That's that's kind of what I was thinking because I'm not a big fan of the multi-man matches. I hear you. But, Matt, and they, and you're, you might be right, and I hope that's what happens, but it's not the same without Kevin having that universal title. I agree. I agree 100% wholeheartedly. I've been a Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen fan yeah. since his Ring of Honor days. I was a big fan of his. Me too. Elgin Erico's fight Stimmy Zane when yeah. they had their big feud. And they had them work again last night. They've oversaturated. Not oversaturated. They've just overkilled it. It's not even cool watching these guys work anymore. It's not a knock on those guys. It's just it's too much. Yeah, I agree. It's just, especially for the hardcore fans, like they've seen it so many times. It's, I remember when back when they had their feud. Dude, they I got to tell you, Matt, the casual fans have seen it a lot now. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. But it's like they said, and they had their original feud. They're destined to fight forever. Oh, well, that, that, that's a shoot. Um, <laughs> that, that's definitely a shoot. But uh, the thing with that universal title, Matt, is I'm I, I meaning with Kevin Owens uh, or Finn, Finn Balor, I just, the story is, right, as you know, I'm not telling you nothing you don't know here. The oh, yeah. story was that universal title with Kevin Owens and, and Finn. And, and uh, it just would have been, I, I think, a layup of a story to do something with them. And, Matt, thank you from North Carolina for calling the show. I do appreciate it very much. Um, so that that's cool right there. Uh, I gotta take the calls before we have before we go to break in a little while. Bill in Ohio, you're on the Tad Show. All right, it's an honor and a privilege to be on the line with uh, the great and mighty Taz once again. Oh, all right, uh, Bill, what's up, bud? Millions and millions of Taz maniacs tuning in all around the world. Everywhere, they're everywhere. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just got a quick thought for you today, Taz. Yes, sir. Uh, about Braun Strowman and uh, um, see uh, get your perspective on it. Uh, the thought is that uh, if you look at it like uh, back in the days of the territories, okay? Yeah. Um, after the brand split, I know that, you know, we know he was with the Wyatts before, but the way that they had him come in and do just really squash match, matches, you know, for a number of weeks and then ramp up to some other people, to me it was a, very similar, if not exactly the same as the way they used to do it back in the day, back in the 70s and the 80s. You know, you know, before yeah. that, whether you would build a character like that and make him a monster, and you know, that's all on that. Taz, just want to, you know, drop it to you and see what you think. Yeah, no, no, I, I, Bill, I agree. That's exactly uh, the way Braun Strowman was built, and and they I built it very effective. I'm sorry. Very effective. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 dude. I, I, Bill, I absolutely agree. I'm very effective, and that that model they've proved the WWE proved that can still work. You just can't overdo it. You know, years ago, and thank you for calling, Bill. Years ago, we saw those type of builds every week on TV with all different wrestlers, where you know, obviously the the enhancement talent or some are called squash matches. I, I, it's kind of derogatory thing in my I don't like to say it like that but I do get what Bill was saying I, I don't think he's being disrespectful I get what he's saying but we saw that for years those that are old school wrestle fans remember that uh, wholeheartedly um we saw that in WWF for years we saw that in uh geez I, I did it in ECW many of us did it in ECW not just me I mean uh it, 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 we saw it in the NWA even in WCW Nitro during a heyday Nitro you saw it a whole bunch I mean so from back in Georgia Championship Wrestling the Florida Championship Wrestling uh, uh, Puerto Rico, everywhere. I mean, it happened everywhere. It's the way you can establish someone's finish, 
establish who they are. It's a one-sided story for the announcers. So it's easy for fans to absorb who this character is. This, this was a great way to build characters before all the TV time and TV penetration that's around now. Here's the problem why you can't do this a lot anymore. It's because it, people lose interest. And this has been over 10, 15 years that now matches a competitive. People lose interest. And especially as every day that goes by, the more popular and popular and hot social media becomes and different platforms of social media and different ways for people to watch programming on TV for, or, or their computer or their phone or whatever, watching programming, not just wrestling, pe- things, sports, drama, uh, fictional stuff, whatever, whatever it is you want to watch. There's a billion ways to watch or listen to stuff. My point in talking, what does that have to do with squash matches? Well, I'll tell you. Um, it, you have to keep wrestling matches on TV now interesting. And this has been for a, quite some time now, not just now, because people will lose interest quickly. So a Braun Strowman's a, a rare thing, especially in the WWE, the way they do TV, because they built him like old school style. And he was able to, to his Braun Strowman's talents and his look, and the announcers getting him over, and his opponents getting him over, and the company pushing him. He was able to keep, and still keep, not just in past tense, people riveted and, uh, and gravitating to what he's doing in the ring. And I like also last night with Braun on the microphone. He didn't overdo it. He talked a little more than we normally see him talk, but it was cool. Okay, don't let this guy go on there and cut a 10-minute promo. They didn't do that. Because that takes away, that's, Braun Strowman shouldn't do that. Braun Strowman's not a guy who's going to talk. He's a guy who should go in there and want to just beat the piss out of everybody around him. That's, that's Braun Strowman, you know? So, and that's the killing machine I'm talking about is the guy that should not have walked away or slowly, out of respect, back away from The Undertaker. Don't do it. There's other ways to get around that. I just don't think they should have did that. Um, are you st- am I swaying you now a little bit, Dennis, or not really? You're still, um, that's cool I, if you're not. I'm just wondering. I understand where you con- the, the thing that I where where you started telling it and I did enjoy was when you, you talked about you can't. That's not his character. The thing that bothered me now that you said it was he, his whole purpose for being down there, Strowman, was to call out Reigns. That's right. So he was in the mood for a fight, right? And then Undertaker comes out, and all of a sudden he. He doesn't want to fight because it's the Undertaker. Correct. So well, I, he's a heel. He's in with the fight. Reigns, right? Uh, but but I get your point. You're right. You're right. That right. shouldn't change for for someone. The way they've built Strowman, where he's this monster and he just destroys everything, like you said, Reigns, Undertaker, whoever, like nothing phases him. He should, you know, Undertaker comes out. Oh, big. He should have. He should have played it more as a oh, big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't think he should have been in the ring. That that's the bottom line. Uh, uh, my point in that. Um, on that note, uh, what else? I want to talk about the Austin Aries and Neville situation. Um, but I want to do that after we have Mike on. So we're going to go to break here in a minute, uh, in a second here, shortly. And we will have the PW Insider Report. Mike Johnson, uh, we can have him Skype, but we don't know yet. We're going to try Skype. I've talked to him. He's prepared for both. So Mike Johnson. Yes. He's a pro. pro. He's a pro. He's ready to go. I mean, he's... Mike's not a jobber. He knows what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, that's it. So, break time. Other side of break, we will go uh, have the PW Insider Report with Mike Johnson. Later on, I'll keep talking. I'm going to talk some NFL stuff. Also, from last night, I do have some thoughts on Neville. 
and uh, Austin Aries. I will give you that uh, in this show here. Stay tuned. Another hour to come for the Taz Show. Easy for me to say. Be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Alrighty, yeah. One hour down, one hour to go. Taz Show, Tuesday edition. And uh, we're going to have the PW Insider Report here shortly with our good friend Mike Johnson. He will jump on the show here. And we'll talk about what's going on in wrestling, um, whatever news he has or rumors or whatever it may be. And we have Mike. The good news is we have him via Skype. Yes, the Skype machine is working finally. So we didn't know. It was a kind of a game-time decision if the Skype would work for Mike Johnson's segment. But, hey, good news is uh, it is. And uh, so we're going to have Mike on here in a second. And then later on, I told you, I want to talk a little about the NFL Combine, some things I have some points of view on that are kind of funny. Well, maybe not funny, but interesting. And I think, uh, hey, do remind me later to talk about the NFL Combine, please, in the fourth quarter. Uh, what else? I also told you I want to talk a little about Neville and Austin Aries. I have some thoughts on that. We've been talking about Raw a good amount, so uh, especially the Goldberg uh, lesser stuff. Without any further ado, it's time for this segment everybody waits for, well, at least in this hour. What are you laughing at? Okay, you need to have some respect for our, our, our running guest. The guy has a weekly spot on the Taz show. Okay, he's my friend too. Okay. Oh, stop it! You're such a smart ass. That's why you don't apologize. No one. You have a really negative attitude. I'm sick of it. I'm not sorry. I apologize for nothing. Okay, fancy Dan opening. Three, two. Four. And now the PW Insider Report with Mike Johnson. We give Mike ten minutes. He gives us everything we need to know in the world of pro wrestling. What's up, homie? Are you receiving me? <laughs> well, <The> phrasing. <laughs> I, I'm not comfortable with that type of wording. I um, I I uh, let's start over. What's up, Mike? Um, no, no. I, I yes, we got you, bro. We could see you. We could see you. Uh, you could see us. You could see me. Can you hear me? Over. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, hello, testing one, two. Hello, testing, two, three. By the way, inside uh, inside baseball for you, a little Mike. Give you a little little inside stuff about WWE and Vince McMahon. Whenever and you don't see this really ever on their programming. If an announcer, like not ringside, but a, a backstage interview, because you were an IFB, as you know, like uh, so you have communication to the truck. If they ever do this, if you ever had done this, that's a good way to get Vince to come and basically take his foot and stick it right up your ass. I'm gonna kick your ass. I, I, that's a Vince. I, oh, that's something people don't know about him. Not a fan of this, and I agree with him. By the way, I wonder why that is. It just it does. It's not a clean shot. Correct. It looks unprofessional. It looks kind of bush league. It looks. It almost looks like you're telling the audience that the production team sucks. You're saying, I can't hear you good because this thing doesn't fit my ear right or because the audio sucks that, that our TV truck is putting out. So in their mind, and I don't disagree with WWE in this, they, they, you never see people do this. Never. No, you're right. I, I don't ever recall be seeing anyone ever do that on WWE programming. I'm sure I'm sure somebody will find something on YouTube in like 10 seconds now, but I don't recall it. I hope they do. I'm running the game. I couldn't help but notice that beautiful shirt you have on, by the way. It's a, a lovely Rover shirt, it seems to be. Yes, it is. It, it, it is. I, I stitched it myself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you look sharp, my friend. It looks, it's nice to see you in some Taz Show apparel. By the way, I want to thank you because I think you were at an appearance, uh, the big event. Where were you this week? You had, some, uh, you had a Taz Show shirt on, right? 
Yeah, I, I went to the big event, and then I went to Ring of Honor, and I was wearing the uh, the other Taz Show shirt you sent me, which is currently. I didn't send it. My team sends it, sir. I don't. Oh, I don't sorry. communicate with you're, people you're, like you. Your illustrious, your illustrious entourage dropped it off in the uh, the the big SUV. Drop it! Hang up, Mike. Hang up, buddy. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, did you run into a lot of fans there from the show? It was, you know, it was ridiculous. Between, I went to uh, Northeast Wrestling's event in Waterbury, Connecticut, and I ran into a bunch of people there. And then between the big event and Ring of Honor this past Saturday, I, I must have met like thirty-five or forty people from who who, who were Taz Show fans. Oh wow! So That's well, what we've learned is you're over in New York. Oh my God! Well, I'm over in Milwaukee too. I heard. <laughs> And obviously Milwaukee. Milwaukee was ridiculous. Every time I got, every time I was working on the show, I'm like, and there's another Taz shirt. <laughs> there's another Taz sign. I mean, I mean, you should run for mayor. I know in Milwaukee uh, <laughs> and Philly. Um. Uh, apparently, CBS is going to move the studio very soon. <laughs> oh yeah, they're moving it right to the friggin' East River. That's where they're moving it. There you go. Uh, <laughs> anyway, on that note, <laughs> Mikey goes, "Ooh, that was stiff." <laughs> Mike goes, "Ooh, what's up, bro? So talking. What's going on? It's scuttlebutt in the biz. What's going on?" Well, obviously, we've got, we're WWE starting to set the table for WrestleMania. Uh, Roman Reigns and Undertaker. I know you guys talked about a lot of the stuff. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is there's also a lot of talk about what's going to happen after WrestleMania. There's all, already a lot of discussion about potential call-ups from NXT. Mm. And usually in the old days of the brand extension, there would be the, the draft lottery where they would do a whole episode of Raw and guys would end up uh, being moved, shifted from one brand to the other. Right. I haven't heard that they're looking to do that but one of the pitches that was made in the last couple of weeks was perhaps to do uh, drafts between Raw and SmackDown, mm. where the GMs and the commissioners get together and kind of do uh, drafts and, and trade talent back and forth. So I don't know that 100% that's going to happen, but it's certainly in the discussion period of, hey, we can do this, and they're pitching different ideas of, you know, Wrestler X goes to Raw, and if he does that, we can move this guy to SmackDown and so forth. I personally feel it's too soon. Uh, you know, they only did the. They only I, I did agree. The, by the way, I agree. With, I agree with you on that. Totally agree. But continue. Yeah, I feel like you need a year of everybody on in one place before yep. you start shifting things around. That's just me. Um, but you know, WWE they look at things they they look at things you know through their own uh, perspective and they're gonna <laughs> well, do. It. Sorry, Mike. You know, you know, there's Mike. It's like I I agree with you. By the way, I think it's way too soon. But in their perspective, I would think they think. Hey, look, man, we do so much programming every week. I mean, you know, whatever, uh, five hours between Raw and SmackDown. That's just Raw and SmackDown. Forget 205 yeah. and the post shows and stuff on the network, all this LGS. So they're doing, like, you know, five hours of, of live programming, which is a lot for TV, you know, uh, original programming. So they probably figure, like, before you know it, you know, they probably feel like they have so many, since the, the split, so many shows that it's okay to do it now. But it does feel a little early, but I do see their perspective, too. They only do WrestleMania once a year, so you got to do it after the big one. So if they do it now, I, I got to be. I'm not. I'm not going to throw a flag on it. I don't think it's horrible. You know. Um, no, I, no, I don't think it's horrible. I just feel like you know they could use some more time to let those rosters congeal. Yeah. I mean, we've seen with with Bray and with Braun Strowman and some other guys how they have really ex excelled uh, thanks to the brand split, and they've been given additional specific time and they've been given a lot of time to build up those characters i think braun Strowman's is the probably the best example of that across the board yeah to a lesser extent baron corbin's a great example of that i just feel like before we start shifting people around let's just uh let them continue to be on the same plat same yeah. path I, on I, the but, same realm. that's but, just me no 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 I, I hear you man but you know the other thing too though mike like 
I think, don't you think, I mean, I should ask you a question. Don't you think it's kind of like, feels a little bit like um, when you watch Raw, you'll see the same guys working with each other a lot, or girls, or you watch SmackDown, same thing. It almost feels like I've gotten a steady diet here of, you know, Miz and Dolph Ziggler and, and, and Ambrose with them, or, or you know, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I'm saying, so maybe they're looking at like, hey, we need to start freshening up these, these matchups. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it, it absolutely could be. I can only give you, uh, you know, what I'm hearing. I don't, you know, obviously I'm not hiding in the in the room like the lumberjack does every right. day. Well, that's true. But, he does. Know, he does hide. And by the way, you are, you are getting hot at me, Mike. I'm just making a suggestion. You're getting a little nuts. Not, I mean, maybe don't make that suggestion if you don't want me to get hot. What oh, am I supposed boy, to say? Wow. Tough guy Jones. Look at this. He's already cutting promos on me. I hate everyone anyway my continue I, I mean I'm, I'm over like rover now so apparently <laughs> I can... ah yes you are over like rover <laughs> good point well said <laughs> well said so uh okay by the way i want to get your point of view on something well i'm sure, sure you noticed this i said i was saying i don't know if you heard me i was saying earlier that um something that really jumped out to me i thought was really cool and a couple of people noticed it on twitter and I'm, i assume you did too uh, when Goldberg was about to get F5, he held on to the title belt, and when he took the bump, he kind of crawled for it. Did that not scream Paul Heyman booking or what? <laughs> that certainly screamed Paul Heyman booking, but you know what was interesting is Goldberg, the second he came out, he was like, this is your belt as much as it's mine. Last week, he promised his wife and his son and right. everybody who was watching he was going to win. That's old-school babyface stuff right there. Right. Baby faces shouldn't lie. Ba- baby faces don't lie, and he didn't lie. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I, I liked it, and the idea of the belt is so precious to him that he holds on to it, even though he knows he's about to get physically demolished. That's old school yep. sort of, you know, that, that's what you would expect out of, like, a Hulk Hogan or a yep. Bob Backlund back today. That's very uh, smart. I, that's, I that's, absolutely could see that being a Paul Heyman thing, because one of the things Paul always did in ECW and elsewhere when he when he had the book was things that were kind of like tossed to the side that were old concepts he would bring them back and kind of have a new twist on them yeah you know i I, I, you know uh i working with him so long working under him for so many years in ecw you know i I, you know i could if i was young enough or still in shape i could wrestle under his guidance with no problem because i know what he likes and doesn't like and there were so many little things that i would do and other guys would do in ecw that he loved and he would talk about to us uh and not the big stuff you know like the little things and and because he is and was a firm believer in the little things that are most vital and i agree with that and i think vince would look at it the same way you know i'll tell you some real quick thing about vince mcmahon like i might have said this a long time ago on my show mike but like you know a big thing with Vince, I don't know how he is now about it, but always was if a guy's kicking you, let's say you're in a corner, and the guy's hitting you, boom, 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 or he's kicking you in the stomach or something like that. You know, if you you see it, it's a habit where guys hold onto the ropes in the corner while they get hit. You know, that was a huge thing to Vince McMahon. If you're in a real fight, you wouldn't do that. You would try to get the guy off you or have your hands to protect you. You wouldn't have your hands up there. You wouldn't think that is Vince. You would think Vince is all about the show and the glitz and the glass. Those little nuances, like Heyman, that's why Vince has the success as a booker. You know, those things are important. You know what I mean? So grasping at the belt, or like you said, Goldberg not lying uh, to the audience. So Goldberg saying, I'm doing it for you. But we got to be honest here. Goldberg got friggin' booed out of that building in Chicago when he came out. He did, but I'm not really surprised at that because the, the, Chicago is far more than any city at this point. That's like the uber die-hard wrestling fan, and, and they, want, they want guys that are just going to kick ass. And I, No one's going to boo Brock in that. They're not going to boo anybody 
uh, if they're in the, they're not going to cheer anybody if they're in the ring with Brock. Except, you know, if CM Punk showed up, might be the lone example, the lone exception in Chicago. Goldberg, the second he came out, that crowd was like, nope, nope, not having it. You beat, you beat Owens, and now Brock's in the ring. You definitely are not getting cheered. Yeah. This wasn't happening I, in Chicago. Uh, but the, here's the thing, though. Um, I, I do think that. Um, tell Anthony to check that out. Hold on. I'm sorry, Mike. One second. Okay. I do think that uh, the thing is this, Mike. I do think that. People now that Goldberg has has this universal title. I think that a lot of fans, especially more of the you know the hardcore internet fan, which is most of the subscribers on the WWE Network, I do think a lot of them are not happy that Goldberg beat Owens. Oh, I got. I didn't get one email or one tweet or anything that said this was the greatest moment ever. I love this. Um, I think there are fans who are kind of upset that Owens worked hard and just when he started to show flourishes of the Kevin Steen that yep. we yep. have all seen in Ring of Honor the last couple of weeks after turning on Jericho and the Festival of Friendship and fans were like finally this is the guy we've been waiting to see I, I agree and they took it they, they they took they took his momentum down another notch and yep. fan, I don't think fans are happy about that I definitely get the impression uh, there's some pushback from fans who were like, I wanted to see him in a, in a prime spot at WrestleMania. Yep. And now it's been taken away for a guy who's not here full time. Well, that's and- the thing. Yeah, I, I agree, dude. I agree. And it's, it's a, it, you know, you know this. It's a young man's business. Fans yeah. want, you know, you, you always can have guys that are a little bit older in the limelight and doing stuff. But they got to be guys that are getting over the younger guys. That's very, very important. And um, I, I don't know how much Goldberg helped. Go uh, helped Kevin Owens in, in particular get over one bit. I, I don't. Oh, really, I don't know. It wasn't about. It wasn't about Kevin. It wasn't about Kevin at right. all. It, it was, was about Goldberg. Goldberg. Right. Right. I mean. I, I mean. The the one saving grace was that Jericho distracted him. So it wasn't like well, it wasn't like Brock and Survivor Series where Brock just got completely dest- destroyed. Right. And you know, as we saw that night, the CBS phones lit up like insane. Yes. 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 Um. You know. The problem right now is when it comes to WrestleMania season, the current crop and generation of WWE performers, this is the only time in the history of that company where being a former performer or being someone who is over in a previous generation is a high is something that's featured at a higher premium than being a current star hmm. who draws you money on the house shows full-time all year. I think that's a good point. It's been like that for a little while, unfortunately. What else is going on now in the biz, man? Anything else, let's say, outside of WWE or, or you know, uh, we know, well, I know Ring of Honor did some big stuff, right? But the Hardys popping up yeah. and Bully Ray popped up. Yeah, Ring of, Ring of Honor was at the Hammerstein Ballroom over the weekend. They had Manhattan Mayhem 6, which was uh, one of their big shows in the New York City area. They do it so every so often in New York, every couple of years. Uh, the big, the big, big surprise was the Young Bucks had defeated Jay, Jay White and Leo Rush to retain the ROH Tag Team Championships. Right. Lights went out, a bunch of piano music started playing, and Hammerstein started buzzing. And when the lights <laughs> gone, it was Matt and Jeff in all in all of their broken glory. Yes. And, and uh, Matt said, uh, "You know, you're, the Bucks of Youth, your time has come." And the Bucks put up put up the belts and held them up. And I was like, oh, what a cool little cameo. Yeah. And then they started brawling. And next thing you know, the bell rang. And when the Hammerstein Ballroom realized, oh, my God, we're getting the match now. We're, we don't have to wait for Lakeland, Florida That's in April. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. So it, was like, it was like Mardi Gras meets Barely Legal ah. meets the Super Bowl. Everyone was jumping up and down. That's I couldn't sick. even see the ring because from my sight line where I had my stuff set up, all I saw was a sea of heads. I had to like stand on the chair just to watch the match. <laughs> I had to type it up and do the coverage. It was ridiculous. That's cool, man. I mean, I think so it, that, that kind of. Deal. 
Yeah, that, yeah, and then Bully came out later on, right? He, uh, what is it, Adam Cole? He put to yeah, a Adam table? Cole, Adam, Adam Cole had retained the ROH Championship against Bobby Fish. Mm. After the match, the Bullet Club was all beating down Bobby. They pulled out a table. Bully Ray hit the ring, mm. and the place was like, what in the world is going on here? That's cool. Bully, the Briscoes followed Bully out of the locker room about a minute later. They ran off the Bullet Club. Adam Cole got chokeslammed through a table by Bubba. I mean, Bully. Sorry, right. Jeremy. Right, right. And uh, Bully cut a promo saying he was backstage. He had never been the Ring of Honor. He's from New York, and he he figured it's in the Hammerstein. It's an important building to him, so he wanted to come see the show. But they pulled out a table, and you know what happens when you pull out a table when he's in the building. <laughs> then basically cut a promo saying, you know, I've had a lot of offers, which as we you know as I reported last week, TNA tried to get him to come back, right, right, to be in the role that um, someone else will be in on Thursday. For, I don't want to give it oh, away. I for like anybody. it. No spoiler, Jones. Good move. Yeah, I'm that, a big fan look, of that here. Yes. W yes. Insider. We'll spoil it all. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but you guys do spoil things, but you you say it's a spoiler. You know, you, you yeah. We like, never put anything out there unless uh, unless yeah. there's a, a specific spoiler mentioned in the headline. Absolutely. I don't ever. Want, I don't ever want to feel like we've taken away from someone's enjoyment of watching the show. Well, that's because you're and a I good person, that's Mike. That's because Mike. That's because you're a good person. I mean, we know this. This, this is well established. I mean, Dennis, you know this. I mean, Mike's a good guy. I mean, he's not a he's not a douchebag like other people that work on the show or in the no, show. No, we love Mike. Yeah, yes, we do love Mike. Of course, we love Mike. And that's Dennis telling you that. How about that, Mike? Oh, he lies well. Yeah, he's a prick. Oh. I'm not sorry. I apologize for nothing. Anyway, Mike, continue with your point. That's so. Uh, Bully then cut a promo saying he's had a lot of offers and, uh, you know, fans chanted FTNA. So he said, well, that's why I didn't take that offer. Which uh, I thought was nice. fine. And he teased, you know, I've had offers from other places, but Ring of Honor is the one place that has kind of captured lightning in a bottle similar to a place where he used to work. Right, right. And uh, said he didn't want to be a veteran taking a spot from somebody. He didn't want to be one of these guys who just comes in and steals money. He was he didn't want to be the the ROH champion or the tag team champion, but he wanted to be someplace where he felt passionate about the product and asked the crowd what they thought. The crowd, obviously, it's New York. They're not going to boo that guy. Right. And um, he announced he's going to be with Ring of Honor. And from what I understand, it's not a short-term thing. It's going to be – he's going to be there about the next year or so. Good for him. Um, and, he'll, I, I, you know, nothing has been announced, but I assume he's going to be at the pay-per-view Friday. They've got the, the anniversary show in Las Vegas. I know the Hardys are going to be there. They already announced that. And the Hardys are saying they're signed with Ring of Honor, too. But given the nature and the complexities yeah, of Yeah, I, I got a feeling, Mike. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I think that I got a feeling the Hardys are going to end up somehow, some way, at least in a, a negotiation to some level with WWE. I just got a feeling that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there, it's just the Hardys doing sleight of hand and trying to get people excited about Ring of Honor. But, you know, at the end of the day, that act is too hot not to try and go to WWE and monetize it at the biggest scale possible. But the thing is with, with the Hardys, and I agree with that. The thing is with the Hardys, I'm a huge fan of the Broken Hardys and Matt and Jeff and all. And I consider those guys friends and all. But the thing, I just, if they end up doing business with WWE, I just hope to some level, and it's very hard to do, that Matt could get some sort of creative control there, at least get some kind of an agreement from WWE to utilize this gimmick the right way. And by the way, side note, Jones, I did notice, I think you reported it, Mike, that Matt Hardy took out a trademark for broken the name Broken Matt yes. Hardy. Yeah. Yes, uh, he did the beginning of March, and uh, we'll see if TNA decides to challenge that or not. You notice how I do my homework. You see, I notice. Yeah. See, that's, what do you think you're dealing with here, bro? If I win awards, yeah. please. I appreciate that. Thank you. You think I'm? Well, you seem hot. Like, what? I do something wrong? What? He seems mad. No, I, I'm just... thank. I'm thanking you. Well, you for reading upset. the site, for oh. putting us over. Okay, okay. I get a little confident. Don't, don't, don't get mad at me. I'm complimenting I'm you. Not... 
That can happen. That can, unfortunately. I, I, I'm aware. I've complimented you before. <laughs> 20 minutes later, the phone rings. Bro, what are you talking about? Will you stop? Okay, listen. Two hours this. later, I'm, I'm apologizing for saying something nice. Please, kayfabe. No, so. Sorry. Uh, no. Okay. sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. So, what, all right, so do you, do you think Hardys, let's say they go, right? Let's say they go to mm-hmm. WWE. Let's say they're out of Ring of Honor, whatever, in two months, three months, whatever the hell it is. Um, uh, do you think they'll, that Vince, in your opinion, that Vince and the WWE, they'll capitalize on this gimmick, but do you think they'll let him do it to that level? Look, man, they could definitely do stuff with the Wyatts. We've seen that uh, uh, We've seen that ingredient there put on, on social media with Bray and, and Matt in the past. You know, that could happen. I have a theory, and this is, this is how my theory of how they can have a happy medium. If they go back to the main roster just right off the bat, Vince McMahon, in my mind, he's going to want the Hardy Boys. He because probably. that's what fans know. He wants. He's going to want the old school Hardy Boys. I however, would. however, there's an interesting little place called NXT. And I have something. I don't want to. I don't want to hack you. I'm not hacking you. I. I don't want to upcut you. But I'm going to say something to you right now. And I thought of this. I never discussed this with you. And I don't know if you're going to say this, but don't lie, Mike. Because if you're not thinking what I'm about to say, then be honest. Okay. You have. We have an agreement. You have my word. And I never even said this to, to the lumberjack here, my producer. If you're going to put the Hardys in NXT, do some business the right way, like they did with TNA and the farm, the compound, and do it with sanity. Oh, I like that. Look That's a cool idea. That's a cool idea. Dennis, you want to chime in here? It is a cool idea. I will give you that. You seem like you don't like it. I mean, what's scintillating, well, scintillating analysis I there. Mean, the guy gets paid, Mike, to put me over, and he's burying me. What don't you like about? I want, uh, no, it's a good <laughs> idea. I want the I want them with the Wyatts. But, but, but Mike and I are talking about if they end up in NXT, the Wyatts are not the Wyatts are not even a thing right now. By the way, there's no Wyatts. They'll. I know. I, that's why I'm a little. Let's just continue, stay out of continue it. Continue your conversation. Hold on, Mike. Hang on, Mike. And you listen to this. Get Anthony. I want to hear Anthony. That's our video, our, our video guy. Uh, video he, Brian. Video Anthony. Video Anthony. Video Brian too. Well, yeah, Video Brian too. That's the, the unfortunate name that he's getting lately. And you there, buddy? Uh, I am. Okay, Anthony, not not Video Brian too. Okay, sorry. Don't, don't another sorry, guy getting hot at me. Too. I pay these guys. They're cutting promos on I'm me. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I want to see Mike Johnson too. Could we do a split screen here, me and Mike, while while we're here? Anthony, do you think, as a fan, that it would be cool if you had? The Hardys, the Broken Hardys, go to NXT and do business with Sanity. I do. Even with Authors of Pain, it would be awesome. Authors of Pain's not bad. But the Sanity thing is because you could do stuff on the compound. Oh, yeah. Outside Jones, the barn, and all that jazz, the crazy, ah, all that stuff. Well, you know what that I mean? would be very entertaining even outside of the ring. But in the ring, I mean, even against Authors of Pain would be awesome. Okay, Anthony, get back to work. Get all back right. to work before I give you a beating. Okay, continue, Mike. This is your time, Mike. Continue. So, so... My theory on NXT is this, okay? If if they go right into the main roster, Vince McMahon's going to want old school Hardy Boys. He's going to be like, I want Matt and Jeff, and maybe even Lita. Who the hell knows? You're Forty years old, bro. Hardy I know boys. that. You know that. But look at look at the acts they're putting on the on the top of WrestleMania. Forty something years old. I love these guys. They're a few years younger than me. Come on, what are you doing, Hardy Boys? You go, to, you go to NXT. You allow them to do what they've done in Impact on the NXT scale. Matt works with the NXT creative team. They do. They get, they get to do. Uh, they get to have a little bit of a semblance of, of creative control. They work with the sanity, which I wasn't even thinking of, which is a great idea, or Authors of Pain, or DIY, or whoever. If you hack they me, sir, my, if you hack me, 
on the five billion amounts of audio you guys do every week. Okay, I I will I, I, me my audience will come at you and floggle you, Mike. No, I'm not, I, if I mention it, I will give you full credit. All right. Oh, excuse me. Yes, Relax. that sounds good. All okay, right. got it. Continue. You, the the Hardys can go and work the house shows, help the house shows, and they can use that time in NXT to kind of educate Vince as to what exactly these characters are about. Mm. So if and when they come to the main roster to fight perhaps the reunited Hardys, as Lumberjack jumps up and down in happiness, <laughs> then we can get the broken version of the Hardy Boys, and, and, and now they're a WWE act, as opposed to something from the outside, which, as you know, Vince is always very adverse to, because he likes to tweak things and make them in his own vision. I've heard. Um, so... Yeah, I, 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 I was there. I remember Rumble 2000 and the day after. Yeah, I know. I, I heard. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Here's the only problem before we wrap this segment up here, Mike, and you're gone. Here's Why the, do I have to leave? Well, because, well, you can stay for, you have to stay through the commercial break. If you want to hang out and show, you can. That's fine. No, 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 it's fine. I wasn't invited. No, no, you're invited now. If you want to stay, I mean, Lumberjack's not happy about it, but you can stay once we go to break. No, no, it's all right. I, I, people don't want to talk to me. They want to talk to you. No, no, you're going to stay on the show. We're going to go to break. We're going to keep Mike Johnson here on Skype. Are you okay? Good? You good, Mike? Yeah, sure. And I'm going to tell the audience and you, Mike, the only problem if you put the Broken Hardys on NXT. Look at Mike. He's thinking he's out of son of a bitch. He's trapping me. Oh, yeah. I got you. Welcome to my world. Yeah, welcome to the- <laughs> Good thing right. you don't have a beard, Mike. We'll do that on the other side of break. Taz Show, sit tight. Mike, staying with us. Hang on. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, Tad Show, back here, fourth quarter. Typical producer of the show, overdoing the salsa music. Killed the coolness of it. Supposed to be Mike Johnson. He's actually... uh, Mike's music. I guess it doesn't kill because Mike's still on the show. Mike, you there, buddy? I am, and I got a hello for him for you. Uh oh. During the break, an old friend of yours said hi, and I'm turning off the phone now. I apologize. Can I make money off of this person's fame? Probably not. Then I don't care about him. No, I'm kidding. Who is you'll, it? You'll, you'll pop. Tell me. George, George Napolitano and ah, Blackjack. And Blackjack. And Blackjack. Blackjack's in New York. They're having breakfast right now. I love both those guys. Both guys. Uh, Helped my career very, very much years ago. I mean, both those guys, Blackjack and um, and George Napoleon. Oh, I love those guys, man. Yeah, yeah they're so, great I guys. Saw them over the, I saw them over the weekend at the big event. They're still going strong, those two. God, I mean, those guys got to be, but they got to be buddies. How many years? Forty something years. Got to be more. Than that. Before I was born, before <laughs> you were born, dude. I'm telling you, those guys have yeah. been. They've been goombas for years. Institutions. Man. It's tremendous. You don't see friendships like that last that long anymore. And, not in the wrestling business. No, no, but not in general. Definitely not in the wrestling business because everybody hates everybody. But but the thing is, it's it's more of I think social media, bro. I got to be honest. Like I've learned that in life today, whenever you're hot about something or you want to blame something, it's just blame social media. It's really that simple. To be honest with you, no, because the thing is this. The thing is this. Like all kidding aside, like those guys, like like you know Blackjack and George Naps and these guys, guys, old school guys like that. They do things that today's world, and and in today's world, those of us obsessed with our phones and social media and all this stuff, they do things called talk. They talk on the phone, right? You know what I'm saying? 
Very rare occurrence, yes. I'm very well aware of it, though. They talk on the phone. They meet in person. They go and have breakfast together. They talk to each other. They communicate with each other. So nothing gets lost in translation. It's the most personal thing you could do is speak and communicate with someone, face-to-face and or on the phone, where uh, it's not just this generation. It's just this social media generation. Unfortunately, guys like me are in that and you and, yeah. and Dennis. And, and no matter how old you are now, if you're into that, I don't picture George and Blackjack being social media guys. I'm just saying. No, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So did, actually, did they just text you? Blackjack did. I'm impressed because I don't picture yes. Blackjack being a text guy. But my point uh, I is, I imagine he's got like the old Paul Heyman cell phone. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big brick, you know. Yeah, the, the big, big antenna and stuff. No, but like really, it's like no one talks anymore, you know. And it's which true. I I kind of love. I, I think it's good that nobody talks to each other. Cause I don't want to talk to anybody. I hate everybody. I, I you should hate talk at everybody. That's twice in one show. Yeah, no, I, I don't want to talk to anybody. No, all kidding aside, that that's what the problem is. Uh, Mike, so you're still here on the show. I got a plethora of people on the phone. I got to get to in a minute. But before right. I, before I let you go, because I kept you during the break just to hang up on you. But no, right. before <laughs> the lights went out during the break, you missed it. Well, that's the best part of the gimmick when that happens. I know. You did the. Clap I was like, why did it happen now? It should have happened a minute ago. Should have pre-taped it. What the hell are you doing? Uh, but um, no, I was. Gonna no, I'm not I was producing gonna... the show, sir. I, excuse me. I'm not producing the oh, show. No, but... I, no one is. That's the problem here. Nobody produces it. <laughs> Nobody does. That's the charm. No, no, nobody. This is directed at the guy with the red beard. Nobody does Sir Oliver Humperdinck. Nobody. Sir Oliver Humperdinck. I love it. <laughs> I thought his name was Engelbert. No, see, see, that's the problem. See, uh, see, Mike, uh, Mike, uh, you uh, get. Uh, he doesn't even know who Sir Oliver Humperdinck is. That, you shame are, on you. Are you. you are sentenced to go watch Championship Wrestling from Florida on YouTube for the next four days. Okay, I'm doing my homework. See, and I want to see. I want to see. Uh, I want to see Dennis's face because I want to show everybody how red he is. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's my beard. <laughs> right, yeah, right now, Mike, what's happening, he's GTS, and he's Googling Sir Oliver Humperdinck. That's what you could, yeah, to see who he is, yeah. He was one of the yep. greatest mouthpieces and managers of all time. Do oh. your friggin' homework. You're on a show covering the business, for Christ's sake. He kind of looks like me. No, you look, you look like him. He's a legend. <laughs> okay. you don't, he don't look like you. You look like him. I look like Oliver Humperdinck. You don't have an eighth of his talent. I didn't say I did. I just said we bear striking resemblance. Mike, sorry, I, I, Dennis, I'm sorry. I gotta floggle you in front of, in front of our guest here. I don't like uh, when people disrespect the, the history of the business. Mike, I didn't you disrespect. Know. I just didn't know. Oh. I'm not sorry. I apologize for nothing. Not for you, Dennis. Was this? <laughs> See, it's, people call people. That's Heyman's phone. Look at him. Look at this. <laughs> Answer it. <laughs> I muted the ringer, both of them. He's got two phones. Unprofessional Jones. What are you doing, Johnson? Sorry. What does that, was that phone from 1980? What is going on? Well, listen, if you guys didn't have the Skype machine working, I had two phones just in case. I didn't expect it to call at 9 o'clock. That was awesome. I I know what he's got. He's got a a WWE phone for the Stooges from WWE that call him, and then he's got a TNA phone for the TNA Stooges. And, what, and, what, this is, and then this is the Ring of Honor phone right here. The Ring of Honor phone. Where's it just has phone. No, they don't need that. The Ring of Honor guys just text me. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. It's. Jeez. A... <laughs> oh, no, I was going to talk about, and I guess I can include this conversation because right? I have people. I have people I need to talk to on the phone. Mike, I have a show to do. Actually, I got to talk about the combine. But anyway, look at here's the thing. Are we on Facebook Live, by the way? Mike, you're welcome for that. Uh, so, oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So, so here's the thing. I was going to talk about uh, Neville. 
and uh, last night, along with Austin Aries, which I was talking about a while ago. I think this would be great if they do this, and they're obviously doing these two guys doing business together. And I think yeah, I this, think that's going to be WrestleMania. I think it's pretty obvious. Absolutely, and it will just it's potentially a show stealer. You know what I mean? Um, here's my thing. Oh, I really not the nitpick. I think Austin Aries should have done what he did as far as get into the business or get physical with Neville, and I do think that should have happened on Sunday at Fastlane. I think they were just, not that it's the end of the world. I wouldn't have buttoned up that story the way they, it's okay they buttoned up Jack Gallagher, and Jack Gallagher was there to just get over Neville, I get it, I'm cool with that. Some way, somehow, I would have I would have done that or somehow injected um, Austin Aries on Sunday at Fastlane. To Neville, oh, I can see why. Yeah, I'm glad they. I'm almost glad they didn't because they gave us that great Rich Juan match on Monday. Yeah, oh, that was, yeah. I thought that was the best cruiserweight match they've had on Raw since they started 205 Live. Really it was a great match. Ma- it was a great match. I agree. That was a great match. That was a great match. But I just think that I think Austin Aries does a great job on commentary. He has a future in this. I think for sure he's still got a lot more wrestling in him. But um, I think th- I think he was on commentary just a little too long. I just think they should have. And sometimes you could be a day late on something. Again, it's not it's nitpicking. I know it's nitpicking. I just think that um it would have been cool, a nice little special deal if Austin would have attacked or did something. I'm not saying cost Neville the Cruiserweight Championship, even though I would have loved that because of the bet we had here, and that means the, the you know, the lumberjack would have had no beard. Are you familiar with the bet we had on the show we had going on, Mike? I am, I am very aware about the bet for the beard, the drum, the drum solos, everything else. The drum solos. <laughs> Not to be confused with the umbrella. My, Dennis, your face is tremendous. Just now. He goes, drum solos. I was like, I thought we did an umbrella bet. I was like, I didn't know Anthony can play drums. Well, why did I say drums? I don't know. Because you got you got 9,000 phones. This is what happens if you keep me on here too long. You got phones ringing left and right. Be, you know, I mean, what's going on? It's nonstop. Well, you wanted Vince, to be on. I mean, Vince is yelling at me not to go like this. I mean, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Mike Johnson, keep, you oh, got phones. You got phones ringing. You got people texting you. Once you get past your spot time. On the Taz show, you got you got it's nonstop. You're constantly busy, never ends. I got, I got lots of stooges. What can I say? All right. So what else is going on, Mike? Uh, you were going to tell me about why the Hardys and NXT was a bad idea. That's why I hung around. That's right. I was testing you. I was testing you. Good point. I've been having a lot of. Why take notes? I've been hitting the head a lot. The reason why well, you said Hardys uh, in NXT would would yeah. Be why a, you thought it wasn't a why it wouldn't work? Correct. Or why, and thank you for reminding me. You should be my producer because my producer don't remind me of out here. I, I got that's a shoot. Hey, yeah. hit the combine when Mike's done. I would love to be your producer, but my beard doesn't come in that way. Well. <laughs> nice, well done. Well, you should wear a mask, but I digress. Um dude, I'm just things over there. So anyway, uh the thing is why the Hardy gimmick, in my opinion, well you gotta you gotta be careful with it in NXT, bro, all kidding aside, mm-hmm. is I do think that you only have a one hour show. We're and sorry, the, the, the problem is with the one hour show Mike, time. come on bro, take care of your phones. I'm sorry. All right, so, so the problem the problem is you got a one hour sh- <laughs> you got a one hour show in NXT and that Hardy thing if they do stuff on the compound can take some time. What excuse me, Mike? I love the rip, by the way. There's no rib, rib. So I just I, you're unprofessional. This is why you're not allowed to go past a segment. So that's the dumb thing. Do you agree with the time thing? It's a one hour show. No, I, I agree with you. I would love to see them just give a, the Hardys their own show on the network. I think with all the wackiness that they do, they could do their own thing. You can keep yourself contained. Would you stop? Excuse me? We're just talking, Mike. I'm, really talk- I'm so used to hearing you be unprofessional with all your phones ringing. Yeah, I do think you're right. That'd be cool if the Hardys had their, had their own show. It's a good rib, Taz. It's a good rib. 
I look, I just don't like. Can we hang up? Can we? Can we just? You have a lot to do. Obviously, you're very busy. We, we can get out of here as long as I get to do one thing. Okay, plug away, sir. Thank you, sir. Where's my music? The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. He needs music. He said, "Where's his music?" We'll get your music going, but you're ready for all these big plugs, and you get to take all, all right. the time up on my show. Okay, go ahead. Plug away, sir. All right, so I want to thank everybody for checking us out here. You can check out PWInsider.com, or you can check out the ad-free elite version at PWInsiderElite.com for three days free, or you can follow me at Mike PWInsider, or you can call me on one of my many cell phones. Thank you. Hi, right, Mike. You're the man. I love you. I appreciate you, bro. Thanks for staying on a little longer than normal, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, kid. All right, guys, have a good day, have a good moment, and uh, I appreciate all of you. Enjoy, enjoy your phones. Take care. So that's Mike Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, right there. Mike Johnson, PW Insider Report. Uh, does a great job, obviously. Uh, Mike's the man. We respect Mike a lot. Does good stuff, for sure, without doubt. Got to get to some of these phones. Hey, who we got here? We got Nick in New Orleans. You're on the Taz Show. What's up, man? Hey, Taz. Good moment. How y'all doing? Good moment, buddy. Talk to me. Hey, man, got two quick questions for you. Uh, one about football, one about uh, Bray Wyatt. All right, let's go. Uh, so uh, the Saints are uh, shopping uh, Brandon Cooks around right now. Yeah. Uh, would you uh, trade a first round for him? Oh, man, I don't know, Dennis. Man, I don't think I would. I don't think so. No. Yeah, I, I don't think so. No. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I know. I heard the Patriots uh, offered their thirty second pick and we turned it down. Listen, please don't say the name of that team on the show. You know better than that, sir. You're a fan of the Taz, Taz show. Taz, man, look, I, I hate to say it, dude, but, you know, I hate the Falcons. <laughs> oh, well, wait a minute. This is interesting. So you hate the Falcons. Well, because you're a Saints fan, obviously. You're an NFC guy. Yeah. So you hate the Falcons more than the Patriots. Now, see, I hate the Patriots, but when it comes down to it, Falcons, worst enemy. Hate them. Okay, I respect that, but I do like the fact that you, like everybody else who calls here, says you hate the Patriots. And and that, sir, is why we love you. See, that's the reason, uh, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Yeah. No, I don't think they should trade Cooks. No, I'm not I don't think they should trade I I um I wouldn't. I wouldn't, for sure. I mean I, what round I where are you guys? What round him. what round are you what number are you guys in the draft? Uh we're elevens. I think the Bills are ten, you know? I think the... they are. I think they are <laughs> what are they ten? I don't know. Um I think so. I'm just worried because now they got this new thing going on. You know about this, Dennis, right? With the whole tomorrow's that there's this new thing where you could negotiate a deal with free agents and it, it you can't tampering. Si- tampering. You, it's legal like tampering. You can't sign them, Nick, until tomorrow, like Thursday. Yeah, uh, I know. So I'm worried because there's some scuttlebutt uh, about my man Tyrod Taylor might be taking a power. I mean, you guys don't have a stud receiver, Sammy Watkins, you know, he's off and on, off and on. You know, look, mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks, you know. Yeah, I, I – Chip I, on all up there. So you're looking to get rid of Cooks. Year, I, I'd so. take – shoot, I'd love to have Cooks. I like Sammy Watkins, too. He's been banged up here and there. But I, I, I would love Cooks for sure. I mean, you just called to bury my bills. Is that what you're doing here, bro? What's going on? Oh, absolutely not, man. <laughs> got, the, got a soft spot for the bills, man. All right. What else you got? Anything else? We're good. Uh, yeah, man. So I noticed nobody last week called and uh, mentioned this, but, uh, you know, with the whole Randy Orton segment at the end of SmackDown last week, uh, you think maybe this is finally you will get the introduction of Sister Abigail? Well, it seems like he burnt her to a crisp or whatever. That's why he burnt the bond down. I mean, even though we've never seen <laughs> yeah. like the spirit, yeah, he burnt the spirit. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 it seems like Bray Wyatt needs to have this a female presence with him. Sister Abigail, um, I, I I guess I think tonight we'll get some indication because this will be the follow up. But thank you, Nick, for calling. We'll get the follow up of the bond burning situation. Bond burner, 
What do you left? I do something that you're laughing at me? Is there a reason why? Burnt her to a crisp. Well, because <laughs> that the pop, man. guy burnt the friggin' thing down to the ground. I mean, you know what I mean? And I was uh, just saying. That's good. It's just a little crazy. We've got people on Facebook Live. They're chatting it up. Uh, gimmick chat. Hey, Sean in Houston, you're on the Taz Show. Good moment, Taz. Good moment, sir. How are you? Good, good. Whack, whack to the uh, lumber hack toss Jones. Hack toss Jones. Whack, whack. There it is. Yes, sir. How can I help you, buddy? Hey, sir. I've got a quick... Quick uh, three hits for you here, if you have a moment. Yeah, just try to make it quick. I got a jammed up phone lines, brother, but go for it. Yes, sir. Uh, last week, after we got off the phone talking about Jack Torres and the tuba, you uh, had a little issue with the sound effect store. Set you up with the uh, burping over the uh, over the airways, and you got a little heat for it. Yeah, minor heat at all. Uh, used to that. <laughs> yeah. I'd recommend that maybe next time you could handle it Johnny Brennan style, a little bit of uh, Bob the Cow wrestler, and let her know and just say, I'm a good man, woman. <laughs> I remember that, the Bob the Cow That's one of the characters Brennan did that wasn't as famous, by the way. But that... <laughs> I forgot about Bob I'm the Cow. I'm a good man, woman. I'm a good man, woman. No, no, no. I, Bob, no I, Johnny Brennan's the man. Oh, geez. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Sean. I appreciate you calling. We're buzzing through here. We got to roll. We're getting late here. We got a lot of people on the phone. We got uh, we got uh, my man, the Chan Man in L.A., Taz Show City. What's going on, buddy? Taz, you the man. Chan, what's up, buddy? Got chop, chop, whack, whack, all that sort of thing. Right Yo, back at you. What do you think of this, Chan? Should we get rid of this chop, chop crap? What do you think? I don't know. Is it good? People yeah, like it. I'm cool with that. Let's get rid of it. No, I mean no. I'm just saying people do it all the time. Do you think it's uh, good? I'm asking your opinion. Good. Do you like it or not? You're a longtime fan. What do you think? Uh, I don't really care for it. I just do it because everyone <laughs> else. Everybody else is doing. I wanna, all right, we'll I, just, want, I want Lumber, I want Lumberjack to feel special. You know. All right, we'll keep part it. of the show. We'll keep. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, he's struggling. Out Thank here. you, that's, Chan. That's, you make me feel very special. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's doing a good job. <laughs> I, love Jack's doing I, good. I love you, Lumberjack. I love you. I love you, I Chan, love man. I love this everybody very loving, in this world. This is a very loving. I love show. everybody. I love everybody in this world. I love everybody. I love everything. Buddy is stupid. What else is going on, brother? <laughs> Man, I, have to get, I have to get something off my chest. Something's been re- really bothering me. Is- I cannot fire the lumberjack just yet. We don't have a replacement. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, it's not that. I love the lumberjack. All right, all right. What is, what is it? I love you. <laughs> no, but, um, man, I, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate Stephanie McMahon and Nia Jax's theme song. That's what you're upset about, Chairman? I think oh it was something God, like... <laughs> That bro, that's what it's about, really. I hate it. And then the Stephanie McMahon song, the Shannon, are you in the music business, sir? Are you? What's going on here, bro? Are you in the music biz? No, believe it or not, I'm not. I actually I do believe it. That I should... uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you walked right into that one, bro. That was too easy. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, no, it's horrible. Though, man. I can't stand those damn theme songs. They, they make me want to uh, stab my eye with an ice pick. <laughs> I know that feeling. Stephanie's music, yeah, it's kind of like that, that hip-hop. Uh, what's the three girls that used to rap? Uh, TLC? TLC, uh, yeah. Tender Love oh, yeah, and Jobbers. Yeah, oh, Hey, you don't like the tune, huh? No, I hate it. Uh, like, I, I want to like kill myself every time I hear it. <laughs> oh my god, don't do that. <laughs> All right, I'll tell. Uh, <laughs> Maybe shut it down. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Chan. Shut oh, it yeah. down. Put my mic on. All right, Chan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Keep it real out there in L.A., brother. 
All right, you guys have a great show. Thanks. Thank you, buddy. We'll see you soon. That's the chair man out in L.A., bro. He's, he's a longtime fan. He's a, he's a good dude. Um, he's funny. He's definitely funny. Man, people are just like, ooh, it's busy, busy, busy. Colin, Pittsburgh, you are on the Taz Show. What's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? How what? Uh, off the hooks for this week and a quick uh, question and uh, comment. Go for it. All right. Uh, my off the hook, I wanted to have a uh, – Triple threat match between Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, and uh, Johnny Mundo. Oh, wow. What a match. Love that. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Seth's some great workers there. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, moving on to uh, the, like what I noticed at uh, the Fastlane pay-per-view. Yeah. Was Roman, Roman Reigns uh, wearing sneakers? No. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up. They were. I don't think they were sneakers. I, I think what they Excuse me. There was some kind of a, um, like a boot, like a utility boot with kind of a, a wedged cushion sole. It looked like they looked like sneakers. I got to be honest with you, Colin. Whatever they were, I actually liked them. Um, I thought they looked really cool, in my opinion. I think it felt young. It made him feel different than just wearing the typical all black he's been wearing. So many guys just overdo the all black, and he had some white in his uh, gimmick that he was wearing. I, I didn't bring that up yesterday. I'm glad you raised it. I liked it a lot. Maybe you didn't, but I did. Not that I didn't like it. It just I didn't notice. Uh, the wedge and everything, so I just thought maybe he forgot his boots like somewhere. No. I think if you looked at his his whole gimmick he was wearing, there was some of the white highlights in there. I think he's just wearing black and white. If you look closely at it, thank you for calling, Colin. Thanks for bringing it up. If you look closely at it, I think I didn't like zoom in or could see the guy's boots up close, to be honest. I'm just saying, like, that look, that style seemed young. It seemed different than typical traditional wrestling boots. Um, it's tough to be original what guys wear in this day and age because there's been so much done in the business uh, from what guys wear in a ring. So I think what he did was cool. It was different. Um, I've seen guys work in sneakers for years. I look at John Cena. John Cena has always worn sneakers. I mean, uh, for, I shouldn't say always. I mean, for uh, most of his success, I should say. He's wearing sneakers. A lot of guys can do it. Uh, some guys don't like to wear sneakers um, because of your uh, your heel, the heel on your foot when you bump, sometimes the heels of your feet would hit the mat, and you, a lot of injuries happen to people's heels in wrestling when they're bumping. People don't know that. So you wear a boot, that heavy heel support and wedged thick rubber sole helps to cushion that bump that could affect your heel. Again, some inside uh, stuff that most people wouldn't know unless you've been in the ring and grappled with some boots on. So it, it definitely helps. As on the Facebook Live, I'm looking here real briefly here. Brandon Albright, he says, Barefoot Jones. So he gets it. Uh, I used to work barefoot. Uh, Dennis, you probably I don't know I that. Do, no, I do remember that. No, you wouldn't know that because that's the only Sorallo Humpadink uh, era. I'm so. not going to say no. I didn't. Look, I'll do some research oh, God. on him. But I knew you were barefoot for a wow, while. You, you kind of have that attitude right there that you just have is a disgusting Cause you, attitude. Because you want an apology, and it's <laughs> not coming. Sir, I know that that don't happen. I mean, that, have, you've already trained the audience and me that you do not apologize. <laughs> you are a prick. We know that. And I mean that in a nice way. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I don't. Thank but you. You really are. I mean, cause, and that's okay. Because people think I am, too. Some no. people go and shoot interviews and call me a dick. So what's the difference? Same thing. Schmuck, dick, prick, whatever. So <laughs> I'm, prick. I'm just saying, like, you know, you kind of, you know, you won't apologize. Look, Sam Richter. Sorry, sir. I'm interrupting you. <laughs> and I'll tell you about Sam Richter right now. He said, how is it to wrestle barefoot? It sucked. <laughs> I did it for a long time, and, and I messed up my feet and this and that. It hurt. I mean, 
the ECW arena. I told the story in the past, like it was like filthy when I first wrestled there. And I had to scrub my feet with like a bristled brush in the shower in some <laughs> piece of piss hotel I was in. And just to get all the dirt and grime out of my feet, because it was like wrestling in like a sludge factory. That's when his Eastern Championship Wrestling, years back, sucked. And no one ever called me short when I wrestled barefoot. Then when I started wearing boots, Taz is short. That's interesting, because I wasn't getting a giant push as the Tasmaniac when I was barefoot. Once you start getting a push, you start getting ripped. People find reasons to rip you, bury you, bash you, flog with you. Welcome to the wrestling business. Not bitter, just a fact. Uh, we're on Facebook Live right, right now, by the way. Uh, you were about to say something, Dennis, because I was talking about you in a negative fashion. I forgot, but I think uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Neither here nor there. I guess not. Um, I thought Reigns was wearing like Jordans. They almost looked like Jordans. They look like, as I said, I didn't zoom in on them. They look like something like a Jordan. Jumpman, 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 jumpman. <laughs> I don't need no robot tussing. Jumpman, jumpman. Like something like it was a very kind of a hip hop feel type of shoe that some of the kids are wearing today. A very expensive footwear. Uh, very expensive footwear. Yeah, no, there's a lot of different. My son uh, partakes in these type of uh, footwears that are highly expensive, and my wife and I are aware because we unfortunately pay for these things. So uh, they're very expensive. I don't know what he was wearing exactly. I'm sure people will tweet some kind of a close-up of his foot. I don't really care that much about it, but I do want to talk to Garrick in Chicago. You're on the Taz Show. What's up? What's up, Taz? Good moment, man. Good moment, my friend. We're running late, but that's okay. We're going to go a little fifth quarter a little bit here. What's going on, buddy? I wanted to ask you, well, I got a question and a comment, but I'll go with the comment first. First, uh, I would like to tell you I'm a big fan of Soren, Soren on social media. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. We, well, we haven't, we haven't done it in a while. We're Thanks. supposed to do it today. It we, sounds sarcastic. I feel like there's a burial about to happen. I hope there no, is. No, 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 no burial. Everybody, everybody buries the lumberjack. I'm not burying them. Well, there's a reason for that. But uh, you, so you actually <laughs> like, so you're the one guy who likes Soren on social media. Yeah, I look forward to it. Then when it's not on there, I'm like, uh, maybe the next day. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, you and me yeah. both. <laughs> <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Yeah, I don't have time today. What else is going on, buddy? Uh, I want to ask you, how, if you was a talent and you know how they chant the CM, CM Punk chants during a segment, how would you feel about that? Like, how do you think the talent feel about that? Like, like you, last night during a Stephanie segment. You feel disrespected. You know, I mean, that's how you feel. It's it's like you're you're... You're basically saying you want something else or somebody else out there rather than what you're looking at. So I, I noticed how Stephanie reacted, and she seemed like she was prepared for a reaction. I was surprised at what she said. Uh, that's right. very un WWE like. But I respect what she did. I understand why she did it. And I think she knew. The WWE knows. They're far from dumb. They know in towns they're in, especially something like Chicago and the way their relationship ended with CM Punk and the WWE, they know. They know that they're going to get those chants. So uh, her comeback was, you know, stiff and, and simple, and then she moved on. And it got the people to stop for a while, but then they started to get even louder. Right, right. So right. it's a tough thing. I mean, how do you react? Uh, uh, the, the usual way is you, you ignore it and you just go about your business. Um, but, you know, ECW, we wouldn't react. We would, we would wanted those type of things to happen, and a lot of times they did. We wanted you to chance somebody or something that didn't work in the company. We wanted that, you know, because we were, it was a confrontational promotion. That's kind of was the theme and the feel of what we did then. Um, but as a talent, thank you for calling, Garrett. Good question. As a talent, to answer it succinctly, you know, you feel, you feel disrespected. You feel like, well, we're out here doing our thing, and you're chanting for somebody else. 
you know, and it's like, well, what about what we're doing? We just we're just gonna take a poop on that? You're like, what's the deal? No, it's not right. So, you know what I mean? You notice those chants, right? It was crazy. It's impossible not to. Yeah, James I, Torado on Facebook says, uh, "I love the CM Punk chants. Only jobbers hate them." Really? I don't know if anybody hates them. I'm just saying, uh, if you're in the ring, it's like you're trying to do business, and you chant for someone you know is not there. I get it initially when when he first left. Fine, chant it. But it's been, it's been three years. I know, I know, I know. No, I hear you. I mean, I, I I get it. I agree. It's like it's like I heard there was a what I heard. I don't remember what match it was a what what chant. I remember when Neville was talking. I'm like, really? What? How old is this? You know, really? We're doing what? What? I mean, come on. I was a little surprised. Devin Megaston says, grow up, Mox. Okay, that was funny. I don't even know what he means, but I like that. I need to use grow up more. I use that saying more. I'm surprised you don't. Now that I heard it, I feel like that's something that would definitely be in your lexicon. Let me give a little lexicon. Well said. James Torado was saying, Chairman said he hates them. Uh, that's why I said that. Okay, James, thank you. That was a quick clarification. Hopefully, I know. Well, that's just Facebook Live. That's how I do the show. That's how I do the show. Hopefully, these two gentlemen don't get into a social media bobbing contest. I would not want to see that. We just spoke to Chairman. He seemed like he was in a good mood. Uh, Giovanni Holmes said, some chance won't die. That's true. That's true. That's true. And that just goes to show you that <clears throat> the, um, the hardcore fan is there loud and proud. You know what I mean? The hardcore fan is there loud and proud. And what happens with chants a lot of times, people, there's a hardcore group of fans that maybe chant the name, and there's some younger fans there that maybe don't remember. I'm not saying this with Punk. They know Punk because he's not an old guy. But, and they don't know what the chant is, but they just start chanting because it's cool. You sold out! You sold out! Why am I saying he sold out? It just sounds good just saying. <laughs> you sold out! Dude, that happens all the time. Yeah, really, it does. I buy that. It really does. They don't even know why sometimes they're chanting stuff. They really don't. Hey, Bill in Ohio. Is this Bill? It's John. Eh, close enough. John, where you at? Yeah, Which state? Where are whatever you? Whatever works, brother. Yeah. First time, long time. Get oh, that out of the way. Oh, this guy. Interesting. <laughs> the Yambag. Where are you at, John? What part of the world? Uh, Columbus, Ohio. Oh, Buckeye. Buckeye. Got nice, it. Got yeah, it. nice place to visit. Don't like living here. No, no. I've um, been there. I've been, I've been to Ohio State, actually. My son was uh, recruited by them. And uh, yeah, we, we were on campus. I like it there, man. It's a really nice campus. Beautiful. Yeah, great place. Yep. Hey, I got a couple of things. We'll put you up real quick and give you a few uh, off the hooks real fast. And I'll yes, be sir. quick. Yes, sir. One, I, I don't understand with this whole podcast AOD crap. You're AOD. You are audio on demand. There is no podcast. You I are know. live streaming. When Howard Stern went to Sirius, that was the next big thing to surpass the terrestrial radio. You are on the cusp of technology because streaming audio is the next big thing. So I don't know why they don't recognize you as the genius you are for broadcasting this way. I will tell you this, Bill. You just got the job as my new manager, agent, and publicity guy. Thank you. Hey, and you are correct, by the way. Everything you just said right there is as from a technical, right or wrong, Dennis. Uh, oh, absolutely. From a, a meaning from a technical uh, perspective, he's correct in what he's saying. Um, now, the thing is with this topic here, Bill, of streaming audio and, and digital, my show's a full digital show, and meaning VOD and Live video, live audio, audio on demand, podcast, whatever. The problem is that, they're, they're, to be honest with you, and they're just shooting here, the only thing, Bill, from a money perspective with digital programming, they're still not just they in general. And I'm not talking about any companies from Sirius. Not Sirius. They're, they're a satellite company. From, from CBS or to whoever. 
they, in general, the companies, are still trying to figure out how to make real loot, real money with this. They know how to make real money with broadcast radio, terrestrial radio. They do. And obviously, Sirius Radio is a subscription base. You have to pay for it. So they, 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 they're making money because you're paying to hear certain radio shows or music or whatever on there. Uh, with this, it's a different world. So, yeah, of course, there's advertising, there's reads, there's commercials. But it's different. It's a different level of money. It's still new. Uh, it seems like you know your stuff, Bill. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be eventually not necessarily subscription-based, but I think when Internet's floating in the airways everywhere, I think they'll find a way to tie in your Internet use with the actual show itself. But uh, that's, yeah. that's a ways down the road. We'll see. Hey, let me give you this uh, re- real quick. Three uh, off the hooks, man. Yes. First one is a mixed tag. Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and Charlotte versus the original Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers, oh, and yeah. the fabulous Moolah. That'd be awesome. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I'd love to see the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, take on Baron Corbin. Ah, that'd be great. I like your thinking. Yeah. Okay. And the last one is the first ever Band-Aids and Ben Gay match. The Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer versus the Human Suplex Machine Taz. Ha-ha! <laughs> hey, I was a huge Buzz Sawyer fan. Yeah, me too. Back would have in the day. Loved to, I would have loved to work with him, Bill. Seriously, he was I was uh, another guy who's no longer with us, but a giant Buzz Sawyer fan. Really was. I appreciate that, Bill, in Ohio. Uh, and you Buckeyes, hopefully you guys do well. Uh, next football season and, uh, you know, into everything else. Speaking of football, uh, real quick here, I want to tell you about the combine real quick. So there was some information, like, with the 40-yard dash gimmick, right? So, Dennis, you and I were talking about this before the show. You know, I watched a good chunk of the combine this weekend. Did you watch a lot of it or not really? I did. Yeah, it's man. a great thing to watch on a Saturday morning. Love the combine. And John Ross, uh, well, actually, I watched it on Sunday, too. John Ross, wide receiver from University of Washington, the Huskies, uh, he broke the 40-yard dash record for, at the Combine. Uh, he ran a 4-2-2, which is just like a damn cheetah. I mean, it's just like a – it's amazing, bro. I run a 4-3, so I, I know that a 4-2-2 is fast. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I mean, if he can barely beat you. Yeah, but but John Ross, who was not a guy who had a lot of hype uh, at the University of Washington, but now this is a guy running that 4-2. He just basically became a multimillionaire. I mean, because his draft status just amped up immensely. And he pulled up with cramps. Right after, as soon as he ran the 40. He was done. He didn't do any other exercise. He was prepared to run again. And then uh, and he was like, no, no, no. And I remember, I think it was Michael Irvin or, um, what was that from the Ravens? Steve Smith. Steve Smith Smith was like, no, 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 you got to go home. Yeah, you're like you're done, man. <laughs> you're done, bro. You did your thing. Go home. Don't don't you don't need to run it again. And and that's true. You don't need to run it again. But he couldn't because of his hammy. And then uh, I didn't know this, but you told him about this. Uh, University of Minnesota, the Golden Gophers cornerback Jalen Myrick. He ran a four two eight. Yeah, the, the amount of defensive backs that ran sub four fives yesterday was incredible. It was like four or five guys. It, the speed in the college translating into the NFL now is unbelievable how fast these guys are. And this is, and all kidding aside, and you know, this is the problem as cool as it makes the game, but this is the problem with concussions in the game. Because the speed these athletes are all getting bigger and stronger, and it's starting almost in the middle school age. I've seen it with my own son. Like, the way he trains, the amount of muscle he has for a 17-year-old kid and as fast as he is. And I've always had a good trainer for him because he won't listen to me. What do I know? I'm just his dad. I'm just some knucklehead. He ain't going to listen to me. I, I never worked out in my day in my life. Uh, but, no, so the thing is, like, I've watched this, like, with my own kid. And other <clears throat> kids he knows, 
in this sport of lacrosse. Nevertheless, football players, you know, the thing is the game, the training end of the game is so now you played football in school, as did I, and the way we trained is different than these guys today. Bulk. All this, bulk. Yes, I was all bulk too. Uh, but these guys are all about speed. Yep. The training techniques are advanced. The equipment is advanced. And all the way up into that D1 college level, these guys are machines. And that leads to, you know, the heavy amount of concussions, unfortunately, that you see in the game. Because the size, even some of the linemen, the linebackers, the speeds, these guys, these guys are banging out. These defensive linemen are banging out four nine forties and five flat forties for a guy six four, you know, three hundred and fifteen pounds. Dude, that's insane. No business doing that. And it's like it's like no big deal. It's like no big deal. You know what I mean? You know, Scott Frame right here on the uh, Facebook Live is saying Ross might be a first round pick. Uh, I don't disagree. How would you not? Just on marketing. And the poor bastard. Wasn't wearing the Adidas cleats, the Adidas zeros, the Adidas zeros I was talking about here last week. You get an island. He could have got an island. He said he actually commented because obviously everybody's asking. Oh, him he's about getting it. a Nike deal now. Don't worry about that. He, I guarantee that. He said he was like, I didn't wear the Adidas because I can't swim and I don't own a boat. So what, what could well, the island? Now do he me? can buy a boat and and he could buy swimming lessons yep. and he could buy his own island. Okay, because. I guarantee you Nike is already in big, big chat with him because he was wearing Nike cleats. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, it was, it's very interesting. I mean, um, Jim uh, Margoletto, by the way, is asking Taz, uh, did you wear your wedding ring today? Well, if you're watching Facebook Live, sir, you see the wedding ring, of course. I was joking with my wife about that. She didn't even notice that in my wedding banner. But guys, not women, guys that are watching the show yesterday noticed that in my wedding banner. But if you burp. She's on top of it. Mm -hmm. But she didn't say nothing about farting. Just saying. <laughs> Loophole. <laughs> Just saying. She didn't say that. Uh-uh-uh. Sneak out the back. She didn't say <laughs> Will you stop? <laughs> that was funny. You made up for all the other mistakes you made in the show. <laughs> all the other mistakes. Uh, what else from the combine was it? Uh, Texas AM defensive end Miles Garrett. This kid's a stud. Huge combine, right? I mean, he's going over number one to Browns. What's the deal? He, I mean, he's... It depends what Cleveland wants to do. I mean, obviously they need a quarterback, but he is the best prospect. Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong taking a DN. He ran four six four forty at defensive end. <laughs> Unbelievable, bro! Forty one inch vertical, insane. Thirty three reps on the bench, like wow. the two twenty five. He's at, talking about Dennis is talking two twenty five. That's a lot. Yeah, of, yeah. That's a lot of reps. That's a lot of reps. That's two twenty five. It's a lot of man meat. That's a lot of man meat. And you're a big fan of the man meat. That's well documented. It. But I think. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I got in the show here soon. Uh, also, um, from the combine, uh, Alabama linebacker, first round prospect, stud, Reuben Foster. He had a little altercation. He got into a shouting ma match at the hospital. I heard about this. I want to talk about it the other day. but And uh, he pulled the uh, Do You Know Who I Am gimmick. You know, um, <laughs> I wanted to get your take on that because I feel like you would definitely, you wouldn't pull it, but I feel like you well, would. Bury people that do. Speaking of pull it, I mean, you know, you're going to see the doctor, and when you go to this, they treat these guys like they're like you know, they're animals. They're farm poking animals. Like I'm poking this and that. Let's check this. They're putting a tape measure up in your groin. Oh no wait, watch that. And next thing you know, I'm let's measure the inside of your crotch. No, I'm good. You know, like you know, let's measure the circumference of your ankle. Let me see. Your one buttocks is 12 inches high. The other one's 12 three. Like no, please get the tape measure off me. Okay, please, and and just. Go away, okay? Uh, you know, so he, meaning uh, Ruben Foster, got pissed off and got into a, you know, 
uh, got a little hot about it. Now, this could hurt him. He got sent home, right? He did. <laughs> Send this guy right to the Raiders. Um, that's how you see back in the day. You had a problem like that, you go to the Raiders. Uh, dude, I got to tell you, I, I, I don't think it's happening, but I would love the Browns to get the Browns, the Bills to get this guy. I just like his attitude already. He's don't take no shit off nobody. I love it. Oh, I thought I was an E5BZ. Um, sorry, I digress. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so it's going to affect them. It's going to affect them. They're going to look at him like, ah, he's got an attitude. Before this guy's even a millionaire, he's got an attitude. Come on. He's a young kid out of college, the University of Alabama. The guy, obviously, his coach was playing for Nick Saban, one of the greatest coaches in the game today, if not the greatest, in the college game. I'm not talking about any other. You know, I'm not talking about the NFL. Day, night, cold, hot. Calm down, Patriot fans. I know. I know. The belly check. I know. But you play for Nick Saban, you're doing something right. And you're, you know, Nick Saban don't put up with no crap. Ruben Foster got a little hot, shouting match at the hospital with an attendant. That's money. That's just my. I just you know I, I love I the guy. I love it. I did. I think it's great. Now, if it was my kid, I'd be pissed. I'd be hotter than a monster in a Godzilla movie. I'll tell you that right now. So <laughs> that was one, the first I've heard of that. One line Jones. Yeah, one line of Jones. That's me bringing the wood. Uh, so anyway, that's really it. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm gonna go to break. I'm not. I'm not going to break. I'm ending the show. It's over. I'm done. I'm done here. Um, we'll talk more. Uh, we'll talk more football soon, and uh, baseball. We got to talk baseball soon. We got to talk some of that. Tim Tebow. What about him? He's uh, he's joining the big squad with the Mets because they, cause they yeah. got all the people oh. leaving for the World Baseball Classic. So he's gonna get some uh, yeah, some abs for the big I, boys. I know. I forgot about that, and it's my team, the Mets. And I did, I wasn't even talked to about this. I, I really don't think this is good. Uh, it's not going to work. He's going up against Rick Porcello, the uh, reigning AL Cy Young winner. <laughs> That's, go, go get well. him, Timmy! <laughs> shoop, shoop, shoop. Next! Shoop, shoop, shoop. That's just going to happen there. Bro, are you kidding me? Good luck! Eh, he's going to wish he was on the center once he gets yeah. in that box. Maybe I should have switched <laughs> to tight end. Ah, all right, I stat him out. All right, so look, enough of this. Taz Show, talked a lot of Raw, covered everything. Mike Johnson was on. Thanks to Mike. All you guys that engaged in the gimmick uh, clubhouse, the uh, gimmick chat, gimmick, what am I calling that again? The, the gimmick chat? Yeah, gimmick chat. Cool. Yeah, the gimmick, gimmick chat. <laughs> Take two. Thanks for that. Also, Facebook Live Interaction. To Anthony, Crime Brian was handling the phones, guest call screener, and for the Lumberjack, I'm Taz, you're not. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. my space and screen names back then when I was only worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller, all these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten. Me against the world, I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man, they movie cuts. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same, cause we've been doing our own. Thing, trying to stay up I want to go back to days with no grades We ordered the kids meal Play ball, that's all day now I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page But these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid now I've been wondering where the party at Cause all of my concerns got me wondering where they got the Bacardi at So go and pour another drink just to get away We gotta live it up, Carolina here to stay I'm hoping I won't let